You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Rolling 100 100 Piper Carter podcast. Yeah, yeah. all right. Exactly. So, uh, let's see. We we waiting on people, but you know what? We're gonna keep it pushing. Yes, we are. <laughs> time waits on no man or woman. Waits no on no one. Man. Yeah. That's, that's so fact. we live. All right. We in the hundredth episode. Piper Carter podcast. Detroit is different. Hey. hey. We're in yes. the building at Thanks P Groove, Thanks legendary P. Groove. music yes. producer, extraordinaire, he, he hypnotic he records. He came in as a as an engineer, engineer. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is exciting. Dang, Kari, what's up? Yeah, they hearing voices and they ain't even got the introductions. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Piper Carter. Peace, y'all. You know what? I'm just excited. Um, we're here in Detroit. Is different studio. We are. Here, you know, in front of greatness, the legendary Kari Frazier. Hey. I'm just a black man caught up in the mix here to celebrate good times. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Where's cool and the gang? I'm the gang. I'm yeah. not cool. So, and, you know, I'm Piper Carter. And we got our co-host, Brittany. What's up, Brittany? What up, doe? We waiting on um, Deja and Jaira. They will be here a little later. later. Yeah, they will. And both. so, yeah, we got the 100th episode of the podcast. 100. Hey, we most toasting podcasts, up. Most podcasts, most podcasts don't make it past episode seven. Is that Wow. A, Are you serious? It, yes. I feel we'll great. To 100. Okay, here we go. Yes. We toasting up. I got me some um, grapefruit juice. Yeah. What you got, Kari? I have some vanilla coca-cola which is definitely not a good coca-cola but it is the honey bourbon from detroit city distillery mixing with that and many a detroit watered ice cube (laughs) from from the detroit water and sewage department detroit water and sewage department (laughs) my ice my ice comes from there all right, and and, uh, and look and who's I, coming in the building, superstar. We, hey, Deja, hey, what's up, Deja? With the yes. car hard, get up. Hey. Okay, yeah. hey, music producer. Okay, the beats are coming. February. Accepted that title. It's crazy. Okay, <laughs> so funny. In the car of tire. Yeah. What up, though, Dave? Yeah. I was watching Above the Rim earlier, and Marlon uh, Wayne's character was wearing a Carhartt sweatshirt, too, in that movie. Yeah. Boogaloo. Like, wow. Wow. Boogaloo is his name, <laughs> as I have seen Above the Rim. And I'm very familiar with the Tupac Shakur filmography. I haven't okay. seen that in okay. So, Including his A Different World episode appearance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, we're in the 100th episode. Isn't this amazing? It is. It's really exciting. How you um, feeling about it, Piper? I feel, I feel really happy. I feel really proud. I feel really honored. Right? Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us be a part of this. 100 yeah. episodes is a commitment, right, Piper? Mm-hmm. It's a commitment, that's for sure. Yeah, we started what? It, it was a couple years back. What year was that? Was, was it 2018? Was it 18? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, 18. Yeah. Dang, almost three years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's about to be twenty twenty one. Yeah, so eighteen. Twenty twenty is like a blur. A young, <laughs> a young 
Young Piper, Young Detroit is different. And it's been on many a journey, some live events, some live shows. Oh man, those are the best. Yeah, we did live. We did like a live recording, right? Yeah, like seven. Actually, we did two. A couple. No. We did a couple. We did the we did the um where the women in hip hop show. Oh right, show. where we went to we, there. Yeah, and did like, we, we did, did a few. Flint. Right. Yeah. We did Juneteenth. Yeah. Remember the Juneteenth was hype. It was hot. Yeah. And plus, we did the showcases. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, it, it, okay, she's the rapper. I'm the DJ. That's hot. Yes. Yeah. So was, I wasn't a part of that. That was like we one did of the two. Last, I feel like that was one of the last things I went to before COVID. It it, it was the, because it was like, was uh, that, like close to Halloween. Halloween. It was Halloween. Yeah. Oh, it was, Halloween oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was before I even joined the show. Was it? Yeah. Oh wow. She was okay. recruited then. She wasn't hey. jumping in the game. We was like, we need that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the game. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I mean. Yeah, I mean, wow, like, okay, so, Kari, tell us about the first episode, because that was that was funny to me. The, the first episodes <laughs> were very funny, and people was like, Kari, you always talking. I am always talking. That's why it's a podcast network. That's why you so, own a whole network about that. Yeah. So you can talk. So I can talk, 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 talk. But yes, it was, I remember it was some, at the time, Kanye West uh, mental. It was when he whatever. tried to come out with that poopy scoop. Yes. Poopity. And people were saying that it was hot. It is. Oh my god. I'm just joking. Chill. Uh, Chill. Like, no, because you know Britney. I am a Kanye, Kanye fan. Huge yeah. Kanye fan. He can't do no wrong. And I'm getting the new. She Yeezys. voted for him. She was one of the exactly. fifty thousand. Yeah, I was. Exactly. It sent <laughs> me. I got a. I got a pair of Yeezys. <laughs> Y'all wouldn't stop vote for Kanye it. for a pair of Yeezys? Stop it. Y'all gonna stop hating on Good Brother. We stop probably got a good it. 10 podcasts of y'all hating on Kanye. Kari was part of like three of them. I, I, I feel... I, <laughs> well, I do not want, this show hates Kanye West. I do not stop. want Piper's the... laughing at me. I do not want the birthday party constituents <laughs> to... Uh, Take arms against uh, right, Hey, protect right. black men, okay? I, I feel that. Hilarious. I feel that. Are you, but you didn't take after the MAGA hats as well? I mean, those, no. were, those was hot when they was hot. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and then Britney came along. Yeah. yeah. You came along, what I was it I think my like? first episode was when uh, you were you had some activists from Southwest on. That oh, was, was it Sacramento Knox? Mm-mm. It was Sam, mm-hmm. and it was... It was Sam. Oh, okay, and she was running. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's been it's been a journey, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I made the collaboration and that Brittany has committed to this. Yes. Oh, Thank yeah. you for the collab. It's been, yeah, Thank that was a dope collab. Because one day I was just like, it's crazy. So Mama Shoshana, I was filming a documentary. She was like, come to this podcast. And it was like, at, I can't remember the name of the coffee shop, but it's off uh, Six Mile. And she was like, just come and watch the podcast. So she introduces me to Kari. Kari, like, you got to come check out this studio. Then I'm like, cool. And a week later, he was like, you got to meet this girl, Piper Carter. Like, you going to love her. She in everything you like. Then I met her. Then oh, wow. Piper gave me a 70s quiz. I failed it. <laughs> what she talking about the quiz? <laughs> You're like, you know what, what this is? You know what this is from this era? I'm like, no, I don't know none of that shit, Piper. Oh, I probably was just making conversation. Yeah, Piper. But, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> but I'm mentioning it because, you know, she on your feeling you day yeah. one. So basically, Piper has been on your neck from day one. Day one. Oh, no, wow. No, no. Oh, I'm on your neck. Piper encourages people. But also, Piper is very silly. And yeah, of course. I like the podcast because it shows the activism, the artistry, the mind, and also the comedy of Piper Carter. It's almost like the full essence of my 
fellow Northwestern coach. Mm-hmm. A C O L T S Coat Mania. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I gotta tell the you a funny you know. story. Okay, what's up? Okay, so yeah, Northwestern High School. Our colors are red and gray. Mm-hmm. I was captain of the cheer team, but I was also the school mascot. Now this is funny because our school had not had a mascot in since like the seventies. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> Did anyone know I you were the mascot? No, 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 no. This what happened. I didn't know we had our a school hadn't had a mascot. Since the 70s. So I remember one day we were in the basement looking for some other stuff with our coach. And I saw this, you know, like costume. (laughs) And I was like, what on earth is this? And it was a horse because our our, um, mascot is a colt, like a baby horse. And our colors are red and gray. So it was a big red costume with like gray uh mane and a gray tail and i said oh my god i said i'm gonna wear this thing and everybody and and, and the cheer team was like i dare you i'll pay you i'll pay you whatever i don't remember the amount if you wear that and so i took it and i was gonna wear it but when i brought it home i showed my aunt my aunt used to make clothes mm-hmm. she was like you can't wear this because she was like this thing stank this is under yes. these uh this thing made here since the 70s these are funky underarms and it was bell bottoms and it was polyester polyester and, and she sounds like the 70s. <laughs> she re she she took it and she made a pattern she redid the whole costume right now i went now i used to have long hair and so, you know, and I and I used to, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, put in a wrap, you know, so it was more straight. So what she did was put, instead of put, um, you know, yarn, the gray yarn as the mane again, she just put where I could put my hair through it. So the hood, it had like a hood and it covered up. And the only thing was out was like my face. That's and hilarious. imagine like a bodysuit, but it wasn't a sexy bodysuit. It was just like a horse. <laughs> and so, and then it wasn't. Um, bell bottom, but it was more like straight leg. And so, um, then she put like a, a tail, you know, on the back. Oh my God. It was, it was a great tail. So it was a hilarious. So I'd be walking. To, so the mascot, we would pull out at home games. We never pulled the mascot out of the away games. So it was always for home games. So football, you know, basketball. So what I would do is, um, I would wear the, you know, the uniform and I would like, do flips and stuff and, and come out and do all these crazy flips and back flips and front flips and aerials and jump. And then, you know, you have the big, um, we would have like this big round thing that when the game start, you burst through it. So like, I would like come through and I burst through and everybody be like, ah! and I get the crowd hype, you know, like silly and stuff like that. That's then I so go fun. back to the locker room and change it to my cheer <laughs> outfit <laughs> and they come out and lead the cheers. <laughs> but I would lead the team. You know when the, you know when the team comes out mm-hmm. and it's like a big old thing and then so I would be the mascot I lead the team out first so I lead them out and get everybody hyped up then they you know how like in basketball they do like the it's like a little thing a setup they do to like show them pl- it was a, it was, doing you guys the ball had a solid basketball team then. oh our, we won Carlos everything Rogers. yeah yeah, um, yeah Carlos Rogers famous NBA player came from our year now our basketball team we did really we won everything our <laughs> football team let me just put it this way. All four years that I was there, our record is 0 and 50. Yes. Something oh, like wow. that. Some of our better football <laughs> players were some of our better football players were on other blocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use the other blocks. That's hilarious. Other blocks. No, but we cheered for um all the teams. So we cheered for girls basketball. We cheered for volleyball. We cheered for wow. um basketball. We cheered for, you know, football. 
But let me tell you, it was hilarious, too. The girls' basketball team, many of them were also on the volleyball team. And they hated us, right? Mm-hmm. The the girls' basketball team and the volleyball team could have yeah, stand us. We used to be in the locker rooms. Like, <laughs> it was not good. But um, we were also, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. But then it was also, like, rivalry. So then we'd be on the bus and it'd be all this, like, you know, girl fights. But um, it was just crazy because they couldn't stand that we cheered for them. And mm-hmm. and we used to be like, what do y'all want? Like, y'all, y- y'all, like... And then, you know, we were hood. So we'd be like, don't nobody care about your games. No way. Like, we bring the hype. Like, we, we get people hyped up. We, it used like, to be like bring that. Bring it on. It was like bring it on. Yes. Except, Except for no white. No white. But, but our teams were good. Let me just say this. Our, our girls' basketball and our girls' volleyball were great. We had a lot of great sports teams. So, mm-hmm. I, you know. We just had like some type. They couldn't stand us. They just thought, you know, we were girly girls. You know what I'm saying? So we annoyed them because you know we'd be smiling and cheering. You know, in the hood, that's not welcome. <laughs> that's hilarious. All that smiling and cheering, like, what do y'all have so happy about? Being happy in the hood. You know, that that's a that could be a a documentary. Happiness in the hood. It could be. Yeah. So what's up, Deja? What's going on with you? Work crazy for the man. That and myself. Okay. Oh, for yourself? Trying to still, you know, do the tech thing. Figure let's out take, what I want to do with trying, that. Let's And let's take it. Do it. I, yeah. I just have to carve out more time. And it's hard to teach myself. I feel that. But we do it. Because yeah. it's here. It's accepted in the mind. Yes. All right. But then for the man, what, what are you doing for the man? Do you like your job? Uh, that's a long response. I like <laughs> I like what I do. Like I like helping people, but do I like the job itself? No. Okay. And do you feel privileged at this time of need during this COVID nineteen crisis to still be working for the man? Uh, no. I feel no. that. I feel that. <laughs> no. Represent, represent for all you people out there. That is the mentality. So yeah, take your strides on to what you want to do, tie into the what you do with autonomy, your own freedom, your own creativity. So yeah, just like Jaira, Jaira's taking a lot of strides himself as a tech person. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Jaira, he's at the door. He is. Yeah, he's like, let me in. Jaira should have a key. It's like it's like uh, what do they call it? The va- like the vampire movies, you gotta let them in, and then they like get into you. But you said any, like the vampire other... movies. You ain't right. Hey, it's like <laughs> you said that. you got to let him in. Like, Brittany, I, I you am, know what he's talking know, about? I'm a horror. I'm a horror. Brittany says she don't know what you're talking about. Tell, tell, horror, tell Brittany about that. I'm a horror aficionado. Okay, well, it's actually a movie called Let Me In, but like in the arc of some of, um, in the arc of the story of a vampire, mm-hmm. you have to welcome in what the vampire, uh, welcome in the vampire to be taken over and everything. So yeah. like, you, it, it's within being let in as opposed to just, you know, uh, the vampire jumping you. So you're like, I want to get bitten, bite me. I no, 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 no. Vampire. It's, 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 no, it's more like, you know how the vampire, hey, what's up, Jaira? Peace, Jaira. You know how the, the vampire has, um, you know, what is it? The, the, the hypnotizing, you know, magnetism. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, long story short, when we see a lot of these different vampire movies, um, they hadn't really kind of, you know, lifted that part out. 
But when you read the stories more, and there's a few movies that kind of talk about it, but in general, if when the vampire comes, you have to invite the vampire in. Oh, wow. So the vampire doesn't really just come get you. Now, there are plenty of movies where the yes. vampire was getting people. Yes. But in general... It's this alluring. It's a. It's a. It's a um, very um, cerebral kind of thing that goes with the story where you know you have to invite this vampire in. And I'm the, over here trying to think of like a vampire movie that I like really know. Blade. Bones. Uh, which is what was that one with uh, the Sutherland? Blackula. I've never seen no, that. No, Black Blackula is from the Scream. 70s. Blackula Scream. <laughs> you never saw Blackula? I've never seen that. Okay, that's Mama your homework. Mama Walde's greatest work. And I've, that's w- your homework. What's the Eddie Murphy one? Vampire in Brooklyn? And oh, okay. Ganja, I saw that one. Ganja and Hess. Never seen like that. Another 70s. It's like one of the most artistic horror films ever. What's that black. one called again? It's a it's a black it's another black horror film. Mm. Ganja and Hess. But also, like, you know, the classic ones. So you say Keith and Sutherland. That's the one. What's that? The Lost Boys? Lost Boys. Yeah, Lost Boys. That one but, was you know, scary. Bram Stalkers. Yeah. You, know, you, got, you got the classic ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, hmm. uh, you know, technically, yeah, Blade. Blade mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah, Blade. Blade. His origin go. story is really great. Blade as a movie in the, in the superstardom of the great Wesley Snipes. Of Marvel, right? Saved Marvel. Because before Blade and Wesley Snipes, Marvel could not really make a film. But it took the success of Blade to propel Marvel to the stratosphere of where they're at now. Yeah. A lot of people didn't even realize Blade was in the Marvel Universe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, that that didn't kind of come out until after, was it the second one when they started really lifting that out of the, in the marketing? Cause they didn't lead with that. Sure. Yeah, in the marketing, they didn't really lead with that. I believe it. And yeah. Want to see Nino Brown? <laughs> it was Nino Brown meet vampires. It was. Yeah, it's it funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> and Boucher Wright. Wait, did 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 he go? Did he did his tax issues? Was that pre Blade or post Blade? That was pre Blade. That was pre Blade. Okay. Mm. But as we know, I mean, some of it. Tax issues, and we're glad to see him out. But you know, Wesley Snipes is a heck of an actor. Yeah, uh, heck of a catalog as well. Filmography, Jungle Fever, White Man Can't Jump, mm. all those are classics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, he he even in that him Dolomite, and Mo Better, yeah, even in Dolomite movie with with uh, Eddie Murphy. I hate Eddie Murphy. It was uh, just showing like his chops. Yeah, mm-hmm, but you were gonna mm-hmm. say you don't like that was the a Dolomite good one. Film. I hated him in Mo Better Blues. He played that character so well. Ah. How he hated on uh, what was Denzel's name in that movie? Flip. I can't. I can't yeah. remember. But he was like the best friend that was in the group that played the saxophone and was always trying to outdo Denzel. Yeah. And then was like hating on him to his girl. Yes. And then he ended up going with his girl and starting his own band. Hey, Denzel. Denzel was. Uh... Was a man making a decision between two love interests? Yeah, mm. Spike Lee's uh, sister. Yes, Spike Lee's sister was in a lot of Spike Lee movies in there mm. for a while. Mm. Mm-hmm. For a while there, she has a different look. It, I would say exotic. You think so? Yeah, for sure. Black. You know exotic. that's con- you know that's considered an insult. <laughs> I mean, but it's not to be taken as one in the spectrum of black women and different looks and stuff. She's pretty exotic looking. You think so? Yeah, she has a different look. For sure. I don't know. 
No, it's just that black women look like so much stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. No, but it is considered offensive to say that someone looks exotic. Oh, I wouldn't. I, I, I yeah, yeah. I wouldn't take offense how, to how that. How is it? How is it considered <clears throat> offensive? Because it is a suggestion that of um, something called Orientalism. And I mean, depending it, on what part of the world you come from, it could be. Right. So so it's it's akin to um saying like, you know, it's akin to fetishism. So it's like fetishizing um sure. you know, physicality or phenotypes and stuff like that. Oh, so it's, sure. it's like that fifty cents little Wayne discussion that they have. <laughs> Some things can become draining. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Oh man, why is it 50, draining, Brittany? Fifty and little Wayne, Curtis Jackson and Dwayne Carter. Like, I, what do you mean? I, I uh, mm-hmm. No, listen, I, I, I'm listening what you mean. Kari. Me, oh, okay. Kari, oh, what you mean? Oh, yeah. the, you know, the discussion they had this summer. The whole, uh, and it, you know, I mean, 50 surfaces. That was a surface conversation, though. Circuit, surface? That was pretty surface way of, that to, falls into the category of what Piper's talking about. Yeah. That yeah, conversation, exactly. yeah. But, I mean, we definitely know. I assume the amount of drugs. <laughs> I'm unsure what, you know, what what discernment he can make on any choices and decisions. But uh, you know, and and then when we think of what Fifty Cent has been, he's like the troll of all trolls. He's yeah, that's that's how you know, he his does his thing. thing. Wait, yeah. Deja, do you like Little Wayne? Like, is is he on your top? 20 list of all time? Ah. <laughs> if I had to compile a list, I would say so, but I don't listen to, like, I don't know a full Wayne song by heart. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Because I was going to say, that's right, before her era. As young it as is. That's why I was no, I grew oh. up in it. I just, I wasn't raised in a rap household, so I couldn't love it. The I was in the, I was in the ninth, I was no, in the 10th. Temp- gran- no, my mom tried to make me listen to rap. She wanted me to listen to mm. all of it, but I just, I wanted to listen to R&B. I wanted to listen to Jill Scott. That's real. I believe that. I was in the ninth, I was in the ninth grade, grade when Carter One came out, and I was in the temp, uh, junior year when uh, Carter Two came out. So that means you were probably like in elementary school. And that was definitely the era. Like, like for instance, are you, like, when, when you <laughs> think of Lil Wayne, what's the first song, like, were you, how old are you? I guess that's really the question. I'm 24. Okay, so if you're 24, so we're thinking that, like, yeah, like 2000. Yeah, ooh, that's so like, Carter that's like, Three. Yeah, that's Carter Three. So he was already in the trajectory of who Lil Wayne was. Okay. By that time. Yeah, mixtape like, Wayne, the droughts. Yeah. Uh, man, no, well, no ceiling is college for me, so that's still not the real Little Wayne. Uh, the I Hot Boys. Watching him get more popular on BET. Yeah, that that was a thing too. Like, I didn't. It did. It you know just still didn't phase me. It, well. it, but also, Britney, the real Little Wayne was in that picture with Donald Trump the other week. The real Little Wayne was kissing baby on BET <laughs> in the mouth. Like I said, Little Wayne, Little Wayne's drug use. Is, is, yeah, uh, he's had a he's yeah. had a he's had a life for sure. Yes, and and I mean, I guess Little Wayne's whole story, when we think about it, is very. I don't know. It, it almost aligns with a lot of those black athletes being a young, talented black male with privilege. Is that what you're? No, taken in by a whole other family. 
after he shot himself, his family, his mother uh, and his father died. His mother allowed uh, Brian and uh, the, the Williams brothers to raise him as their own, almost kind of like these pro athletes, mm. like, like a LeBron James or Allen Iverson or a Stephen Jackson or Colin Kaepernick. Like, it's just interesting to, to, to see that that, like, okay, you have talent, and you can take my child to another level. I mean, Simone Biles, it happens in gymnastics a lot, like, where you have a talented black child where the family recognizes the talent, but they're going to allow others to, I guess, rear the child and raise the child because they don't have access to the, what would I say, the... Um, Benefits. The, the systems, I wasn't going to say benefits, mm-hmm. but like the systems um, that will expose that talent mm-hmm. and, and hone those skills. I mean, that's that's unique. Like if you have a child that, like I have a cousin that was very competitive. Shout out Kayla. Uh, Shout out to Kayla. Uh, in gymnastics. Like if you have a child that's interested in gymnastics, kind of like at the age of 13, 14, you have to be willing to say, hey, uh, USA Gymnastics team, can you take my child? Which is also what made the the shit that was happening at Michigan State with yeah. uh, with my man even creepier. Because yeah. they started getting access to those children yeah. at such a young age. Like the modeling industry. Modeling, fashion industry. Uh, ice skating. Yeah. But I'm saying Little <clears throat> Wayne is a rarity that it happened in hip-hop. Because he was like 12, 13, rapping alongside BG, who was maybe like 17, 18. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. still, like... You know, these two dudes, mm-hmm. the Williams brothers, mm-hmm. are taking your child and raising your child. That's just... It's different for sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It seems... That's like Piper working with a kid and then their parent, their parent being like, you look go live with Piper for a while. Yeah. Let Piper mature your, mature your mm-hmm. photography skills. Yeah. Yeah. But that happens a lot. It hap- other Let me tell you something. That used to happen when I had a gallery. I remember, uh, one, like, some of the youth would come and hang out at the gallery. And I remember this uh, one young person in particular, they brought, you know, their friends because they would meet people. So they mm-hmm. brought these friends over. And one of them uh, was a little boy, right? Like, he was, I don't know, maybe, like, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so imagine, majority of the kids that used to be at the gallery were anywhere between 14 to 16. That was like the average age. There were some that were a little older and some maybe, yeah, maybe like maybe 13. But in general, most of the kids were like, let's say 14 to, you know, 16. And so to have the little 10-year-old come with the group, I'm like, where'd you get him from? And it's like, oh, that's my friend's little brother. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Now, you know, in the hood, when someone is your sibling... You know, you might not necessarily have the same parents mm-hmm. or the same household. Gotcha. So, so that thing they had been spending time together throughout the day, but they didn't live together. And I didn't actually realize that 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 they didn't actually live together because it's like this is my brother, and you bring this little brother. It's like okay, I'm thinking y'all came together, y'all leaving together. That's natural, yeah. So when um, you know, time is passing because the kids used to hang out all the time at the gallery, just like making beats all day and coming up with stuff so mm-hmm. i was kind of used to a bit older demographic you know the teen demographic so 
like seven, eight is pretty normal for them to like still be at the gallery making beats. But I remember uh, I was working on something. I think it was probably like around maybe like it was it was dark. So it was probably like eight o'clock. And I just saw this little kid like run past me. And I'm like, oh, snap. Like the, 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 it's the little kid here. So he's got to go home. You got that right. So I went to the, the kids that brought him and I said, hey, look, it's like eight o'clock. Y'all should, you know, let's see what's going on. Let's, you know, you know, wrap it up, you know, and um, get him home. And they were like, oh, yeah, his brother left. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I'm like, so tell him to come back and Poor get his kid. brother. <laughs> Poor kid. Easy fix. And then um, they like, no, nah, he went home. And I said, okay, why he didn't take his brother with him? Right. And he was, <laughs> and he was like, uh, can I, can I stay with you? And I was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, let's call your mom. He was like, she don't care. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, give me the number. So mind you, I don't know this kid from a can of paint. I mean, he's been there the whole day, but that's pretty much all I know him, right? Mm-hmm. I call the mother, and first off, I apologize to her. Because to me, I'm thinking, oh, it's 8 o'clock, and I had your kid all day, and I'm sorry that, you know, I didn't get him home. So at first, I apologized to her, like, sorry it's so late. And, um, you know, his brother left, and, you know, I don't know if someone could come pick him up, or do you want me to drop him off? And she was like, can he stay with you? And I was wow. like, excuse me? Wow. She didn't she even know me. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, they told me, you know, you um, you cool and this and that. Mind you, this is a child. This is not a teenager. That's not that it make a difference, yeah. but I'm just saying. It's a, it's a baby to me. He's still in elementary school. And she was sure. like, she was like, can he just stay with you? And I was like, um... Nope. What are you talking about? Like it, 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 it struck me like weird, and um, I kind of felt bad to like take him home because I'm thinking like, what on earth I'm taking him to? But uh, he was like, can I please stay with you? And she was like, can he stay with you? Mind you, no. as I'm trying to get the address, because mind you, he don't even know his address. He's that young. You know what I'm saying? He don't know his address. Yeah. So I'm trying to get the address. And she was like, just bring him in the morning. And I'm like, I'm she. I'm about to drop him off at the police station. Oh, no, nah, well, I can't do that now. Uh, <laughs> I was going to do that now. They going to call CPS on. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to do that. CPS. But I was like, I was like, no. Nah. So long story short, I called some of the other youth and I told them, you know, what was going on. And they was like, well, his, you know, all this hood stuff. His brother over his other, mama house and this that and the third, so whatever the situation was, they couldn't reconnect, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm calling different people, and you know how people are. They, nobody want to be bothered, you yeah. know? So I said, okay. So I called a few people. I said, well, I'm going to let him stay here. So I literally called a couple of the, you know, other folks by some of the, you know, people in the community, and we just sp- stayed the night there at the wow. gallery with him. That's and cool. we, we tucked him in. We had a futon, and so we had blankets, futon, all that. And then... When I, you know, because it was the next morning, it was a school morning. So, you know, he's like, I got to go to school. So I'm like, okay. He didn't have uniform. Then then, then she was like, can you take him to school? Mind you, his uniform was, his uniform was smelled terrible. And I was just like, oh, I was like, you can't go to school in this. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I took his clothes, washed them. I went up to the school and I just told the school that he was sick. And that I was taking him to the doctor or whatever. And I just 
kept them for like the day and then you know got them some more clothes and just you know like gave them a little stressless kind of day you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and just like and then was like okay let's get your work and you know talk to his teacher and had him do the work and stuff like that you know what i'm saying at the gallery and then you know took him back home like a little later but it was crazy when i was dropping him off at home he was begging me to not take him home mm. and i was like man i was like what's at the home and then um he had like i don't know maybe like four sisters or something and when i got to the house one of his sisters was probably like maybe 14 or 15 and she was pregnant and her and the mom was like screaming at each other and the house just smelled terrible and the reason that the mother didn't want him coming home because she had a dude I knew it. and right. so she had a dude so she didn't want him coming home because that was her respite i suppose but yeah that is I, and and as crazy as that story is i got a list of stories that's even crazier i'll save them for other episodes but mm. when i would be at the gallery and we'd be doing youth work it would be crazy situations like that. Little homies. Little, yeah. Young people and it's just the crap that they used to have to tolerate and go through. And you just be like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then here this kid would come and just be amazing, like doing all this artwork or be like really great at like making beats or you wouldn't even know um, what they're going through. You had the gallery open like seven days a week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had like you ran different youth programs, like different youth programs, and then at night you turned it into like a more of an adult atmosphere type thing. Pretty much. I mean, it was one youth program. One youth program. Yeah, but like so, um, they would come after school. They would come on the weekends. That's cool. And then we would take them to colleges and different summits and conferences, and they would have different workshops, classes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then people would just sometimes just come by, kick it, and just teach folks how to make beats and stuff. Open space kind of Open space, yeah. Mm. But then um, we would also rent the space for events. Okay. And then we would, you know, hire the youth to help us work some of the events. That's some of them, they couldn't work. But um, What kind of events do people have? Um, sometimes baby showers, sometimes. Oh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, all kinds of events. Sometimes, um, unfortunately, sometimes um, those um, memorials. Repasses. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, what else did we have? Uh, we had a couple weddings there. That's cool. We have, um, and then but then we would have you know dance parties, um, performances, um, you know different showcases. We would also have different food events, you know, with different chefs. And then we'd also have um, like DJ battles, b boy battles, uh, rap battles, uh, <laughs> you know. And then we would have um, the gallery space, so we would have different art shows and then we would you know support all the graffiti artists and stuff so that's dope yeah 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 but i don't know i'm, I'm like um i want to dig into some of these topics i want to see i've been talking a long time i wanted y'all to get your voices in here i don't want to dominate the conversation no it's been cool so i wanted to see um i don't know maybe gyra what's up gyra are you ready for the tech report or you need a minute what's up everyone what's um, up gyra i don't i could talk about uh it's not much. It's mostly about the new tech that Apple released. Okay, which one? Their headphones. Oh, oh. yes, yes. They look so... Them things are $500. Yes, yeah, insane. You I, seen them, Deja? Mm-hmm. Those Apple Pods? Yeah, oh, oh they're called I do Apple like the Pod case Max. for them. Those, that case Apple is Pod slick. Max. Yeah, my coworker told me about them. AirPod Max. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's I didn't a, think they'd bring it back. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you mean back? 
Because it's like the iPod, isn't it? It is actually like no, these headphones. Um, oh. Overhead headphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they like go oh. over your head. Yeah, yeah, and they're wireless. But she go, was go, go. Telling me about, I thought she was telling me about this um, iPod that was coming out. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, the iPod? Or AirPods? No, I thought she was telling me about an iPod. Oh, no. She told me someone bought it. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> really, I haven't said anything. Yeah, they have a new uh, overhead headphones. And they are pretty expensive, but um, knowing Apple, mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they don't make poor quality. So, like, everything that they have is usually integrated with, the, with all, like, the other systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure it's going to be, like... Um, I was thinking to get them. Yeah, I actually... But I, I was actually, like, I was like, $500? What's yeah. wrong with me? I feel like it should That's be, a lot like, of money. 120 at least. I mean, so... Do you know what the difference is between like those and let's say like some Bose headphones or something? Well, um, because aren't the Dr. Dre's Bose headphones? Yeah, well, no, well, no, that's Beats, isn't Dr. Dre Beats? Mm-hmm. Right, like Beats by Dre. I'm talking about the Dre headphones, aren't those like a uh, Bose? I don't think so. No, Bose is a different company. Really? Mm-hmm. I can't remember who. I mean, I know Apple bought those headphones, Dr. Dre headphones, though. So Yeah, they did. Which is interesting. I wonder, and I was always wondering when they bought them, when they were going to come up with, like, a collab with the with the headphones. I don't so think they will. I, 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 which is weird. Like, I would I would use that as an opportunity. But what do you I, mean? Like, Apple bought Dr. Dre headphones, so, I, like, five, six years ago. So I was assuming that Apple would use the the merger, the the acquisition of the uh, Dre headphones to come out with a product that was like a Apple Dre beat merger project. Like what? A headphone, like an Apple. A different one. Yeah, like something specifically like Dr. Dre Apple product. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, Apple is kind of like Elon Musk. How on, Elon Musk only invests in himself. Kind of saying with Apple, they only invest in themselves. They don't like to do partnerships, really. I just thought I just thought it would have been a nice collab to see. Yeah, it would have. So tell us about the headphones. Well, I don't know too much about it. Um, I actually want to go to the Apple Store and try them out just to see if it's actually worth five hundred. Five hundred dollars, yo. For yeah. headphones. What do, what do y'all look for in for a headphone? Like from all the angles, like with you with photography, what what makes what is what are you looking for inside the headphone? Well, for um, Videography, sorry, pipe. Mm-hmm. Well, for headphones, I mean, you definitely want to have like the dynamic range of sound. You want to have a good bottom. You know, you want to uh, be able to, you know, have a a certain level of clarity. You know, obviously. Um, I mean, those are like basic things that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you're make, like, if you use them to do video or whatever, you want to be able to hear. With um a, a very you know uh keen um ear like all of the nuances that are happening because you know you might want to uh beef up your ambient sound or you know you want to see like how to do your levels and things like that so that's what I would say but I'm not like a sound person I'm with you though just yeah. curious because you do a lot of audio you do a lot of stuff well in di- no, in I do video. And but you, through, I do video. But through video, you have P to care groove, about audio. P groove do audio. <laughs> what I mean, but you care about the audio. Yeah, yeah. That's why of I, your video. That's why I hire P groove. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kari? What you be looking for for a headphone, or what uh, kind of headphones you use? It, it it depends on what it's for. I mean, I'm not a big fan of like the real high end headphones. I do have some of the Dre like 
for when I run and it sinks because, you know, I'm anti-Apple altogether. <laughs> uh, so it sinks with my Droid phone. But um, I, I'm not... First off, a Bluetooth connection to any sound device is not going to be the highest quality sound. So that's just just so that you all know, because mm. it's not as clear as wired sound. So that's just the first truth in all matters. After that, I would say if you're looking for like very high-end audio to mix or master, uh, if you're an engineer, um, you may want, like what Piper said, you want some headphones that go through the whole spectrum of the audio cycle as much as the ear can hear. Um, but even with that, because most people only listen to MP3s now, and nowadays people listen to music through their phone and through YouTube. So they're already listening to low-quality audio to begin with. So sure. being a great audio engineer nowadays is advantageous, but you're already mixing sound for a low-quality sound experience that's know, funny it's not you know it's not the 1970s and you're mixing marvin Gaye or very <laughs> or david bowie or something where like people will be you know specifically listening to the sound i think that people are probably looking more for the visual what the video is probably listening to mp3s which mp3s already limit the low end and a lot of the high end of the most of the sound spectrum um they're probably listening through bluetooth on top of that <laughs> Uh, and they're listening nowadays probably through, they're probably listening through to a TikTok video of a person dancing. That's hilarious. To a Bluetooth speaker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that's how they're being introduced to music. So, yeah. like, the audio experience, when we talk about, like, a great audio headphone, I would be more concerned about the fashion appeal of it mm -hmm. and how cool mm -hmm. it looks. Like, how <laughs> people like AirPods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because that's what you're selling. You're selling the aesthetic. Yeah. Not the quality of the actual and functionality of the actual device. Yeah. I'd, I'd copy that because I saw the Apple, the new Apple headphones, and the first thing I thought was, man, that case is so cool. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's oh, no, Apple like, got oh my you God. on the packaging. You got to like, admit that, Carl. This is great. Yeah. That's, that's what you're selling. I mean, yeah, you're, not, yeah. you're not selling the functionality of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it, it's... So since it's not the functionality, and in reference to the functionality, that's so few people. That's those are, you know, the P grooves, the engineers. Mm -hmm. But the engineers are smart enough to know that the experience, like they say, is through, you know, um, you know, you're gonna have I don't know, you know, at best, I guess like uh black china or um, you know, <laughs> Amber Rose dancing to the video and a TikTok and that's going to introduce it to an audience mm -hmm. or I don't know, little baby counting money. Right, you know, I'm with Instagram you. Instagram Live. That's so like, funny. Oh man, that's something I need to listen to. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, <laughs> like, damn, I want to hear that song. Like, you know, that mm -hmm. is not the the spectrum of where audio is. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, things started really changing. You know, during the mixtape era. Um, I think for hip hop, and hip hop has set the trend for a lot of music, where just that extremely high quality audio sound yeah um comes into play and those engineers that mix like that are the people that have all types of monitors 
Yeah. Uh, they have old speakers. They mm. go out to the car when they mix a song. Oh, yeah. I love that. They listen to it on the on the shitty headphones. They always the listen in the car. It's the best the time. I swear it's the best time to listen so to they, a record. They, because they're trying to see how it sounds in different uh, even the, I love um, the way music sounds in a car. Even even that interview that I heard with um young young Jeezy or Jeezy whatever y'all call him now. Mm-hmm. What's his name now? Big Snow. Big Snow. <laughs> Does he call himself now? Jeezy. No, Some no, I thought he's here. You go, Jay Jenkins now or something. Anyway, <laughs> the good brother G. Yeah. So when he uh he it's an interview with him, and they ask him about um you know Big Meech, mm-hmm. and he said that him and Big Meech used to go to the car and smoke and like listen to his music and that's how Big Meech got really was like hit, you know encourage him like you know you should uh that's dope you know you got to do this but yeah it's like and 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 Big Meech is Detroit so that's you know BMF known for the Detroit is also known as being you know sound engineers and stuff too mm. it's many for, it's many yeah. and, and and the experience too so like depending upon where you're at in life like um like my homegirl was over and she was like, you don't listen to a lot of new music. And I'm like, I do, but it's the vibe that I'm on to listen to. Music. I'm with you. So mm-hmm. same. I'm in the crib, I'm listening to like probably old school. Yeah. If I'm working out, I'm probably playing in, like throwing in some more new school music and stuff. And it's a different energy with yeah. some of the new school music. And yeah. even the spectrum of sound that the scape is. Like, mm-hmm. so like a guy like, the weekend's music, for instance. Yeah. The weekend's music highlights a lot of lows in different ways and highs. So it 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 encompasses almost like the sound sometimes matches the drug culture and depressive mm. attitudes I think he portrays in his music. I don't know, you know, but no, I'm with you. Know you. What I'm saying? So like it has that feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It has that feel. So even that is something that I think engineers are, you know, thinking through. You know, yeah, yeah. When they're making, when they're mixing. So picking some headphones, and you're going to buy a lot of them. Yeah. And then the number one thing about headphones is they're always going to die. So yeah, sometimes, right. Like in reference to this studio, the number one thing I buy are headphones. I buy mm-hmm. every... I mean, we got one, two, three, four. Because the number one thing here is people roll over the cords. And that's why I, I zip, zip tie them. But <laughs> people open up the zip tie, they still roll over Why so do I they probably, open it up? You know, and then they crack. I mean, I've bought, since starting the studio in 17, I've probably bought like 40 pairs of headphones. And you only I had like five it. mics, six mics. And it's just like that. You know what I'm saying? So, it, and you know, and you just got to play something that listens because broadcast headphones are different than... Recording headphones are different than it's funny. listening headphones are different than mixing headphones. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these could be different experiences that you're looking. For. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely gonna YouTube the the uh, Apple review uh, videos of the AirPods because for five forty nine, like you have to like it has to cover all industries, all trades. Like, and if not, <laughs> like Brittany, she if said, not, she won. She won. If you not, have to do everything for five hundred bucks for real. If not, I say this podcast says no to those headphones. It's about stunting though. 
it's a value. No, we're not getting them for this podcast now. Uh, no, that's, what that's, I'm saying is, is that's for when you go to the gym. <laughs> the so group, people can be like, yeah, she got nice yeah, headphones exactly. on. You no, look cute. as a gyra bringing us the yeah, headphones. Fitness, so they be like, damn. <laughs> Let them get the donuts first. Jaira brought us his tech report of the Apple headphones, so I said this podcast is going to fail them oh. if they don't, you know. You mean the rating? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, well, the aesthetic is I do think that you're going to garner the attention. Yeah. Because that's also yeah. a part mm-hmm. of the appeal of Apple is having whatever the Apple it is. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. That has value, quantifiable value to it. Yeah, that says you're somebody. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? To me. Yeah. Uh, you're nobody. I read Until this. somebody gets Apple. I read yeah. This. I saw this girl say on Twitter the other day the or um if you create a product where everyone feels left out if they don't have it, then you're gonna make money for uh, life. Period. Oh yeah. That's what the I'm, not to make it about a um website and we're talking about product, but the new Clubhouse website everybody's talking about. Oh yeah. I, I just it's exclusive, it right? I just yeah. It. It's that so, was gonna be one of my topics. My, are you on please, Clubhouse? This is this yeah. is no, this is entryway. Go ahead, please. Yeah. No, what are you gonna say about Clubhouse? That it's exclusive to the point you're making. That's you know, how people think. Brittany's anti all social media. Please speak. <laughs> no, that wasn't even an anti point. But I was just gonna ask you guys. Well, so you guys aren't on it. I just no, downloaded it. it. I don't know the functionality. You it just, looks as you if it's going basically rooms like and a listen big, to conversation like and Zoom, join them. It looks like an open Zoom call. Type yeah, thing. Kind that's of. the concept. Yeah. Pretty but much. you just can make it a title like, you know, uh, roasting people on the west side of Detroit. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. That's a real that. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so that's a real room. Basically, you could do that. So there's different yeah. rooms. Or yeah, you could use it effectively. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, and there are some really good conversations on yeah. there. I haven't come across them yet, but I you see, haven't. No, you gotta join like the the. You gotta join the rooms with the like tech leaders and the I know, that's rooms what with I the. You know, with people that have really uh, in, in, amazing things. No, I'm, I'm going to send you some rooms. That's, to go that's, that's smart, Piper. Because I have yeah. my notifications on for that app, and that's, like, the only one that I do have my notifications on. I'm always at work when, like, I see good conversations. Oh, there's good conversations so tonight. Is it like there's, a, a there's a women in media one. No, women in music. No, women in media or something okay. like that. Wait. And it happens today. Tonight can you guys at, like, back, up, back up yeah, a little? Yeah, like, but, explain. So you get into the, the application. Yeah. Kari, you get into the application, and then what do you? What happens from there? You can, like, I think the the home screen is just who you follow or something like that. Like, there's different tabs, kind of like an Instagram and or groups, something like that. Yeah, so you can just select what you want to listen to, and you can see who the people that you follow are are into, and then you can see or you who can start the a room that you follow are active. Yeah, or like so. Was it like Zoom and live? mashed together like in, in the sorta. phone call <laughs> yeah it's just one big ass phone call that is so cool and you just go and listen okay kevin, but people haven't getting caught up in there though like kevin hart i saw academics and meek mills yeah early. that was a good one Did yeah you see that Kari? no i haven't see this is the thing like i say i Okay, just being that you said academics, I'm <laughs> Well, listen, my let me. perspective would be like. Well, this is. I cannot. I'm not an AK fam at all. So, this AK. is what the call. AK. Well, that's what the kids call them. <laughs> these old heads. So, listen. So, wait. So, Meek Mill, 21 Savage, and a couple other rappers confront him about his platform. And then, you know, there's, like, this, like, little beef between Meek Mill and academics, AK, whatever you want to call him. 
And so, like, Meek Mill is, like, it's funny how people are. So now everybody's on this hate Meek Mill wave. Like, everything he says is stupid. Everything he does is stupid. He does say stupid shit. So every, he does do stupid I'm not a fan. I'm just, but I just also, noticed. I but just it's because noticed. He dissed, he dissed um, the hood. That's I why. just noticed that now everyone is, I don't he know. Did. I'm not, everyone is on this wave of no Meek Mill right now. So, so there, so people are like in this, uh, Chat. <laughs> Documentary off my Amazon watch list. <laughs> <laughs> what documentary? Free Meek. Oh, here you go. But no, they're in there checking, basically checking uh, academics about his platform, and he's in there like taking up for himself. Of What's course. Well, they On say Twitch that they or... say yeah, they say he causes a lot of gang violence, death because he insinuates it. He promotes six nine. He antagonized. Oh, this is a good he one. He does. He does. They say they, they said that he doesn't separate himself from his brand, and then he was arguing that he is his brand. And then Twenty One Savage was like the mediator. It was amazing. Yeah, that was weird. To me. me too, right? But it made it was crazy. He was saying someone else does not separate themselves from. Their no, brand. he just brought no, in logical points. Just, yeah, he was. Just he making, made every. Yeah, go ahead. He was making everybody sorry. Yeah, no, he was just making. A point well, to Sheridan Price acad- said, "What did what did acad- what did Twenty One Savage say to oh, man. academics? Please he share. told them that he had um- he's okay. So this is what he said. So Meek was like, i 'I'm tired of you using your platform to keep up gang violence.' And so Twenty Twenty One Sav yeah, academic said academic said then well we need to stop talking about it and all together because I feel like and Twenty One Savage was like." I agree wait, with wait, him. Wait, wait. Academics okay. said we need to stop talking about gang violence altogether. Or he was like, because me, he was like, he was like, because that's the. He was like, I'm a chill on some of the stuff I talk about, but he was like, I don't know if that's gonna help. And Twenty One Savage cut everybody off and was like, he he's right. Like we have to realize that if academics started promoting gang violence altogether, people would still be getting shot. People would still be getting murdered. Like so, let's take a little bit of heat off of him and address. The bigger picture here, we have the voice as well. It's not just him, okay. and we. He, he said y'all put stuff online for academics to talk about. If y'all didn't put y'all whole lives online, he wouldn't have nothing to talk about. Okay, but people are putting their whole things online because they to get the on his play. And that's, and that's what they, they talked saw the about. Success of Twenty One Savage and, right. talking about being a goon and killing a bunch of people, <laughs> and they want the success of Twenty One Savage and Meek Mill. Like why? Like and that's what they debated in in the so whole they thing. They debated the fact that like basically yep. it's almost like, hey, when I was selling crack, it was different. Right, but I don't want y'all to sell. No, yeah, no pretty they much. got stuck on the fact that they realized it came to indirectly that the game is always going to be uh, on a hamster wheel because no one's going to stop talking about shit that okay. they're not doing but or the did. Elephant in the room that right. they're leaving out right. is academics' platform, right. Meek Mill's platform, yeah. Twenty One Savages' platform yeah. are not controlled by our people. Right. The machine. And when that's, I say the machine. That's what 21 Savage yeah. said. Yeah. That's literally what he said. He was like, um, if, ah, I can't even it was so 21, it was That's why though. I need you all to speak on. Like, it, well, I he, just told he you. Made the point that even I told if, you though. He made the point that even if DJ Academics wasn't academics and didn't do the messy shit that he does, there would still be rap beef. There would still no, be distracts. No, it's track. not about the rap beef. It's that the machine. But the that was the conversation. The music is propagating. But for an agenda that is built on the destruction 
and well to 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 build propaganda around the self-destructive nature of the black community. I agree and I if think 21 Savage starts talking about hey, start a farm. Yeah. Hey, stop killing people. Yeah. Hey, don't take that vaccine. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> 21 Savage will be looked at as corny yeah. and someone else will be given a platform right. because the agenda are these are not exactly. vehicles controlled by. They are icons and images given access if you're yeah. willing to propagate self-destructive. And yeah. honestly, that's where the conversation got awkward. It's because they were like all talking and then it's like they subtly realized that they all were pawns. Mm-hmm. That they were like going yes. back and forth and arguing about all these different things, making yeah. valid points, but then realized that they were all pawns. Yeah. Like and it was yes. so weird. It was so, like they came, they were like, man. But academics didn't take accountability for his role. He never does. Do we expect academics yeah. to? <laughs> no, no. That's what Freddie Gibbs said. You can't keep doing But do we expect you. Freddie Gibbs to? Like, I mean, part of this is any of the others, but it's still in the sense of like, and I like Gibbs. Mm -hmm. I like, I like, uh, you know, I listen to all of their music. I mean, part of this is also in the corrosive nature. And, and, you know, I'm getting older. I'm about to uh, become an old man. So it's like I have to have another analysis of what this music represents, even with the stuff I was listening to uh, as a child and what was so accessible. But the difference as they always say, and I, I know I'm sounding like an old head, but when I was a child, the options available in the space of hip hop at the turn of the 80s to the 90s allowed a the 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 allowed the mosaic of many different black experiences. And even in the mosaic of all those black experiences, all of them honored the knowledge of self through a Chuck D, through a brand newbie. Uh, through a, you know, X-Clan as the paramount thinkers in hip-hop, whereas that was something that I believe the 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 uh, executives in marketing and media no longer wanted to give access to. And we've even seen it as you talk about Jeezy, you know, even with his current album. Uh, I remember the recession one, and people was like, man, that shit's whack as hell. Classic. But the community expected him to continue to talk about selling crack the same way he needed to. And mm-hmm. I mean, he eventually was like, oh, I got to go agree. back to the old G's. Because when he was saying that, like, you know, it's a recession in the hood. We need to think about saving money. We'll need to think about blowing money. Amazing. You know, I got a family. I'm thinking about maybe buying some property. People was like, man, that bullshit Jeezy talking. Pull up this Gucci man. Period. Goddamn OJ the Juice. That's literally what it was. Because I'm gonna give a bigger platform to something else. That's even, funny. Even through like what um, Piper speaks, which is definitely a tool in America. Even when we think about, um, even when we think about black capitalism. So Master P was definitely the embodiment of black capitalism, but it was still a level of empowerment. But you know, this is what goes to like part of the Little Wayne story. You don't know. But you sort of know. Cash money was given the platform that cash money was given because the way Master P's thought process towards music was so capitalistic and it was just given too much power. So cash money was given more access, more money, more visibility, more exposure than everything Master P was doing because it was like they did not want to see 
a black man yeah. represent That's strength deep. in the music industry like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because what Master P was doing, I mean, to just like, all right, I'm going to just write Snoop a check. And I'm not even necessarily looking down on Suge or whatever, but like there were some gatekeepers in this industry. But Master P I said, I'm going to bet on me. I just need your distribution. Mm-hmm. You know? And they never saw anyone make moves like that. Some of the moves that, like, as we know, the classic Irv Gotti, Suge Knight, and Tony Draper deal, where all of them were indicted after they all said, we're going to build our own distribution service. Right. You know, uh, Motown looking to partner with Ghana to create their own record plants in Africa. And those I didn't know about record, that. That's yeah, crazy. Those, those, those rubber fields were burned down. Wow. And that was one of the what? primary catalysts that led to Barry Gordy saying, "Well, shit, I guess we gonna get in the movies." Go because to I mean, part of part of this music has a lot to do with how we represent and how we identify ourselves, how we connect with each other. Like it, it's it's an incepted message in young people. So music has a lot of that, and within that music, and within that stage, within that platform, within that influence, especially of young people. You know, and and I do appreciate some of the strides that some of the rappers are taking. So I will look at this conversation now as you all talk. I think you would, I think you might like it, but I think you're still going to say everything you're saying now, though. Because everything you're saying now is the only thing that, that, yeah. Because we need our own platforms. And I think it's being, I think even more so, it's being, um, being vividly shown that we need our own platforms. Like, like, I mean, it's even, crazy. But even when but we do have our own platforms, I will say this. Em- we do embrace have our them own more. Sorry. But yeah, not just to embrace them, but even like the value, right? Mm-hmm. So like let's say like Detroit is different, right? There's multiple, you know, uh podcasts that are on, you know, Detroit is different, right? Mm-hmm. But in the scheme of all the media, right? Um, even though, you know, Detroit is different brings you you know, a lot of heat, like, you know, it's distribution can't even match like the breakfast club. No. You understand what I'm saying? And yeah. it's because the breakfast club is going to, not only does it have the entire machine behind it, but, um, the, but people's, uh, what do you call it? Identity. Yes. With wanting to identify with the success of the breakfast club. Understood. Right? Yeah. Whereas when you talk about Detroit is different to people, um, the people who know about it will be like, oh, yeah, I really like Kari or I think it's cool what y'all are doing over there. <laughs> I mean, but but I'm just saying that that's just one example. right? I was just going to say, like what you're talking about, there is truth in it. And almost like every industry that a black person tries to tap into is like if you truly want to create a product or create a brand, it's not the fact that you can't do it or you can't be embraced like you were just telling me. It's the fact that you don't have the opportunity to distribute on the and, masses and of some of these you, companies. You, you do have let me take this, you do have the opportunity. It's the 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 people that invest and the and the you know the understanding from like the people. So or you even, wanted to even another example. Mm-hmm. I have a whole nother platform, right? It's my um online sustainable fashion magazine. Mm-hmm. I've been working on this thing damn near more than a decade, since two thousand and seven. Okay. Now, I have gone to several what you would call investors Mm -hmm. for them to invest in my platform. Now, what I'm consistently told now, this is I've gone all the way from your big, you know, kind of venture capitalist type of people down to like 
individuals, you know, but even to apply for grants, blah, blah, one conversation in particular, but this is an example of like a conversation that happens often about my platform. Um, Go have a meeting with an investor. The investor's whole investment platform is to invest in new media in Detroit. And new media meaning everything from tech to platforms like mine, right? And they have all these millions of dollars, and that's their job. Now, they have invest. I'm going to say 99%, 98, 99% of their investments are in platforms and technologies that don't exist yet that are still being developed. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So these are, I'm going to call them concepts. Got you. So they've already invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into vis- people's visions. Mm-hmm. Now, majority of these people, I'm going to say all these people are white. Okay, and I remember having a specific meeting with this woman that's in charge of the money. My platform, not only has it, it hasn't quote unquote launched, but it's been live for some time. I've done three focus groups, two in person in Detroit, one online. I got a host of data. I got 2,500 people who, you know, are, I'm going to say members or active between subscribers to the Content. Yeah, they, they're subscribed to the content, and they either interact on the website or on some form of social media. Okay. Now that, for I mean, in the land of investment, that's actually real numbers, right? Like how it's doing. Right. So she tells me she, do, she can't invest because she doesn't understand what I'm doing. Mind you, it's a fashion magazine that has... Um, pretty clear stories on it video is on it lots of content is on it you feel me mm-hmm. and so for her to say she don't understand what i do okay meanwhile i'm looking at these interesting concepts that may or may not even come out most of them i've i can tell you now i had the meeting in like 2018 none of the stuff that i saw has come out yet okay <laughs> but but these people have hundreds of thousands of dollars to do you know, uh, research and development to, you know, play around pretty much is what it is with, right. With, with money, play with play money. And and that's, and not even produce nothing. And that's also part of like, when we talk about the distribution networks, um, it, that's where the, the time and the commitment and the strength of the community and staying at it builds, you know, uh, I look at what, uh, right. Because I've had to build my own community, right. What's been done at HPR, uh, R.J. Watkins. Yeah, been yeah, that's a really forever. good example. Um, and you know what you're doing here. Yeah, you know, and I just gotta this look is... at them as as the prototype of staying committed, um, being creative, and and looking for that platform, but understanding in it that you know there are steps uh, along the way that if. It's more if it, if the self-destructive attitudes, characters, uh, or attitudes, characterizations, uh, looks of of the black experience and black culture without the right context. Because I I, I like the context. Is it is uh is that's really the layer that I think is missing from it. I was just watching that McGraw Avenue, and a lot of people are watching that. On Amazon Prime, like a lot of I keep stuff. hearing that about. Is that a, like a Detroit? It's a, yeah, it's thing. a lot of Detroit. Uh, 
It's a lot of like Detroit hood movies that have made their way on. One of my homeboys, Tristan. Shout out Tristan. That's like Shout my out. homeboy from uh from high school. Is an actor in many of it. He's in child support too. The another one of those movies mm-hmm. and shit. But <laughs> like these these films, I think sometimes like the context of some of the black experience and the black culture. Yeah. Even if it's it, even if some of it has flashes of reality, just like hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's the context that's needed to add value yep. in, in the substantive in the substantive draw that uh, that I, I think will add. And that's why uh, that's why our own platforms are so important. Mm-hmm. And when we have these platforms, we need to recognize that, yeah, it's not going to probably start off and get the steam of, uh, like you say, of a breakfast club. But even the breakfast club, as the breakfast club is going on, um, you know, we as a community empower that. Like yeah, that's as my we point. go on the breakfast yeah. club because we feel like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I put provide. every ounce I'm yeah. gonna put every ounce of exposure that I can when I get my breakfast club interview. Whereas when I get my Piper Carter interview, it's just like I'm gonna pull up. Yeah. But now I'm on the breakfast club. It's like she tell everybody and they mama, yeah, and they auntie and they cousins. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. What I'm saying? Let people know the incepted idea of yeah. this platform. It's but, like I made it. Look at yes. me. Look at me. I made it. Yes. You know instead what I'm saying? Of, instead of saying like. You know. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the value. It's the value part home. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's the value part. But so so Deja, you're on uh you're on Clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. Are you Deja on Clubhouse or Tori or I don't even know. <laughs> you wanna see? Yeah, Actually, I gotta I follow it, you. I think yeah. it's street candle. Have yeah. you started have you started I'm a conversation, Deja? No. Okay. I haven't started one. I either. haven't either. I don't know what it'll may be. No, I do. I just join them. I do okay. know on Sundays, and you could join too. Men could join on okay. Sundays. There's a um conversation. They allow us in. Yeah, and uh, it's I think it's either women in music or women in media. Me and sliding. And it's DMs. on um. Wait, is it like eight o'clock <laughs> or? <laughs> I think it's like eight o'clock on Sundays that they that they that I they agree. start the conversation. But it's pretty good. I agree. But um, but I I follow a lot of tech people, a lot of industry people. Because they have really, they give really good advice mm-hmm. about like you know what to do, um, so you know you yeah. can learn about everything new. That reminds me of the. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Kari. I was gonna say, and then just figure out how you slice it. I mean, there's so many different avenues for um, for social media. Mm-hmm. As, as I was looking at a workbook that I'm assessing, and people know I work with. Mark, well, if people don't know, I have my marketing firm, Creative Differences. That hey, 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 hey. So, um, you know, messaging becomes important when it comes to social media and how you want to convey what that message is. And then, mm. you know, knowing what that value proposition may be. Okay. I found Facebook one of the most effective tools for what I do. Um, with the the groups or well, the Facebook page or the, the Facebook groups. page. Facebook, okay. Facebook page. definitely has a very like dynamic group of people. Like you, you think be, so? What you got older people? You got people who just are on there for. I'm young, but I still should have this because I can talk to my cousins. Mm-hmm. Like you got people who uh, got pictures on there, so they can't let Facebook go. Like, you have mm. so many different target markets of people on Facebook. Like, mm. the older, and the older generation are the people that are still trying to find their way online, so. Yeah, yeah. What? My mom hates Facebook. 
Yeah, they look a mom. lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. You definitely have your older demographic. My mom hates Facebook. I be I be like, mommy, everybody's on here. She's like, I don't care. I think uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna look at doing more stuff on LinkedIn this year coming up. Too. Oh yes, and that's Pinterest. my platform. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is powerful. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is very powerful. Let me tell you something. LinkedIn is where the money is. Oh, I get 100%. I get a lot of money on LinkedIn. That's where I get my clients. Man, your bosses, bosses, bosses on LinkedIn. Yeah. And my LinkedIn is so Trump tight, I didn't realize. <laughs> you know, it is. Like, I'm going there, like, and but Kamala the thing type. is, yeah, Kamala tight. Kamala tight. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but it, it, um, I like the platform. I, I, I earn a lot from mm, LinkedIn. That's I powerful. mean, just these connections. I just like, I like, um, Instagram is like, a real go it's like my normal it's like a go to for me is Instagram. Is that your that's your center your center social media page? Yeah, that's my main one is Instagram. I look at IG and like, Twitter. And Twitter. Yeah, IG and Twitter is almost like okay, when I think of Twitter, I think what is the nation thinking? Yeah. When I look through my IG, I'm thinking what's Detroit thinking? Mm, interesting. So like I can kinda go through because it'll usually be a lot of feeds to my page, even though uh definitely this year Instagram advertising has over inundated so much. Really? Like I think so. Almost every four posts is they're trying to sell me something. Really? I believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't I even don't get for that it, on my feed. Even for the It's Food Detroit, like I look at the ecosystem of, yeah. of who's on there and it's all black vegan chefs. Like oh, good, so uh, many black it, vegan chefs. So there's but like remember, this whole ecosystem of black vegan chefs, and yeah. it's like if if there's uh, two hundred of my followers are black vegan chefs, that means they're advertising to how many people? So I already know like it's Instagram feels over advertised by my little ecosystem alone. I don't like, know. I just don't have all the advertising on my feed. Mm. The man knows you off the grid. <laughs> That's funny. Man knows they ain't even trying to sell the Piper. I know. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I do. I do create a lot of ads on Instagram. Piper, I though. think you got so much going on in your social media. Like, I feel like you don't really look at anything. You think like, so? I think you got so much going on. Like, you're my very, personal one. See. That's what I'm saying. No, you I mean, got more. I got, you got, I got. That's the point I'm making. You got a lot going on. You got different pages. I got, I got, got. I got social media just for the podcast. See, but the thing is, I don't want to mix all these things because uh, if people want to go to the I podcast, I want them going to the podcast or the women in hip hop. Yeah, or the fashion. Because like when I mix it all up, that's when people be like, "What do you do?" I'm not insinuating that at all. I'm okay. just saying that I think you do a lot of social media intentional social media mm-hmm. and I don't think you really like are using it to be like all up in people's lives. Like, I, I don't really think you really don't. stroll don't and be stuff. really looking at stuff. Nah. P Groove does. It's he 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 be on his feed. I'd be like, what are you doing? And he'd be like <laughs> scrolling. I'd be like, why? And he'd be like, that's what you do on social media. I'm like yeah, I'm like, I don't scroll. <laughs> do people use Instagram to like drop music and yes. advertise? Yeah, yes. The Instagram and then also you gotta think the Instagram post versus Instagram stories, especially since yeah. the updates, it's a different, it's a different feel. And yeah. you got Instagram TV, so yep. it's like it depends oh, wow. on what. You're and the other one now, what's it called? Stream or what's the other one? The live reels. Oh, reels. Uh, yeah, and you got reels. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so depending upon what you're looking at, it, it depends on how you're, you know, putting it up. So is SoundCloud considered social media? I think I so. Think so, but because it's sharing, you share music. Is YouTube social media? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what else is... You're engaging with the general public where they can get access to God, it. I love YouTube. 
Yeah, that's that's so you are on social but media. I am on it's social cool. media. That's, you're on YouTube. The, the mach- the <laughs> you're a YouTuber. Machine. I am. The Google machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, YouTube. I remember I mean, when YouTube started. You, it's and gonna. It was all weird, and it was just people on there just doing weird stuff. Cat videos. Yeah. M- media is for sure. Cat videos. It was. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. That's. <laughs> Yeah, me too, for the longest. I was like, can I play games now? That was that 480p. No, media media is changing, though. Media is really changing. Like, I think just the way that uh, you guys talked about it from, like, a sound perspective. But I think uh, things being exclusive. And I think right now, if you want to learn something or, like, you guys are doing, like, I feel like do it now because... I think is about to change. Like the pay, like I think the way people value it media is going to change. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's going to get to a point they already where start taking people's money on the platform. It's, it's going to be it's going to be hard to learn. Creators. It's going to be hard for for people to learn things like they're learning them now. You know, OnlyFans. Oh man, he said OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> My foot is on OnlyFans. Uh-uh. You got an OnlyFans foot page? Yeah. What's for the foot fetish people? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, Brittany. What's your foot? What's your the foot? foot? The foot game alone. You serious? You got a foot? No. Come oh, on. I was, like, I was like, are you kidding me? My foot ain't that damn cute. If I had a cute foot, maybe. <laughs> you get a little extra income. Foot get the twerking. Hip hop Oh my God. Y'all are crazy. Well, it's this cars on here. We can talk basketball. I'm not saying that. Yes. I feel like the conversation would be cool. Oh, that's why you don't bring a basketball. You'd be like, Piper and Deja don't know much. Piper, we bring a basketball. <laughs> She'd be like, I hate Allen Iverson and I love the 89 Pistons. <laughs> Shout out. Hey, yo, heal up. Heal up Curtis Blow. But, uh, and when I think basketball, I always think that Curtis Blow song. Yes, yes. So heal up Curtis the Blow with the heart Exactly. Are you into the NBA, Curry? Yeah. Basketball. You never hear him talk about basketball all the time all right. so do you think do you think references did you basketball. see the lebron james interview so lebron james did this interview. do you remember when he uh did the interview where he was like uh i'm going to south beach you remember that paper remember uh-uh. the, decision. Remember the decision the decision the decision uh-uh. oh, I'm, I'm late. lebron james empowered himself as a free agent <laughs> and left cleveland in the great <clears throat> the great detroit destroyer dan gilbert Mm-hmm. Oh, this is crazy! Had a problem with. It. So he goes so on he, that. Story. He wrote that uh, three-page letter where he called him a Benedict Arnold and a nigger. And the media <laughs> showed all of these pictures of fans burning LeBron James. <laughs> it was crazy because oh, he man. goes on ESPN like primetime TV, uh, right? What year and is goes, this? This is old. Two thousand and like eight or nine. Hold when on. He was uh, going to Miami, the Miami. Yeah, 0708-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't yeah. he on the Cavaliers? Yeah. He, but he left. So he Don't goes, he does this big yeah. press conference. He's like, um, my decision. My yeah, I'm South taking Beach. my talents to South Beach. And so everybody was like, this was ridiculous. He made all this money on going on national TV. He hurt the Cavs fans. And so Dan Gibbert was like, yeah, there'll never be another nigger that'll do me like this. Ah! A prom- in a letter, in an open letter. <laughs> he, he didn't exactly say, say that. He, but he basically he did. Mm-hmm. And people like me said, okay, let me pull out my Trina and Rick Ross album. Because <laughs> uh-huh. it's Miami all the way now. Okay. No, but uh, so he does this new interview and he's discuss- he doesn't really do like sit down interviews. 
he because he has his own platforms like on HBO he has the shop <clears throat> so he does things on his own accord right okay he's he has his own marketing firm his friends run it he got his own sports agency he kind of is the goat in his own way because he just he's a black man married to his high school sweetheart got his kids he just a man low key but okay. anyway, so anyway, so he we goes on this off the court, LeBron James. Yeah, we do okay. off for sure the court, LeBron. Okay. Even though it's a field a little bit capitalism, but that's part of the game, right? Okay. So, but anyway, Kari, so he says that the bubble championship is one of the hardest NBA championships he ever. He sure would say that because he won it. <laughs> so I, I, I did not know about this interview. I've been hearing more about it, but. I'm excited about this NBA season. Me too. Um, but in the world of basketball, it was a player from the Florida Gators that was playing in the game yesterday that tested positive oh, for COVID-19 that collapsed on the basketball. Oh, I didn't oh, see that. Man. Along the lines, like uh, like years ago, it was like uh, a, a, a great athlete, Hank Gathers, that played for uh, LMU. Uh, because one of the symptoms of having COVID, they say, even after you've healed, is it could cause a condition in the heart that could lead to sudden heart attack. I see. Mm. So he, uh, as he was approaching the bench during the timeout, he collapsed, he fell out. Uh, they were playing. It was mm. a Florida Gators player. I forget his name. And Florida State. So things are still coming back together. What did they do what about sports that? Looks like. I'm unsure as of right now. I know that was a big story yesterday. Uh, I wonder, did they, they call in all family. the players? Did they call in the, all the players? They, they asked the other players what they want to do, you know, in classic athlete fashion. They were like, let's finish the game. So mm, they finished the game. But they're both teams, you know, they were crying. Their heads weren't in the game. I bet. Mm. That's wild. Um, so oh, because he collapsed like what? What During the game. Which, it, was like, uh, it was like in the middle of the second quarter. Oh, mm. that's the beginning of the game. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I, do, I do think that... I do think just moving forward, uh, we're looking at the relationship between uh, money, sports, mm-hmm. money, sports, and health, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see what happens. I, so I will, I will say, say those games are they? Because um, I didn't see them. Are they um, like people are watching them, or is no, it just the team? It's just the team. So it let's is the teams, but you have trainers and everything. But you know, with with football. Some of these football games have have fans in them in the state, mm-hmm, depending and on where you at. Yeah, depending upon the state and the state's regulations. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know. I will say the NBA bubble, they get a trillion hand claps. They had no cases come out of the bubble. They did the bubble extremely well. Like I have to give the corporate NBA like a lot of props, even from the how the food was handled. The players, like, when they first got there, it was, like, the thing where all the players were, like, on Instagram showing them how shitty the food was. So they, like, were like, okay, well, what do y'all want to do? So all the the players got together and, like, well, why don't we get these pop-up chefs, these all these great black um, uh, small business uh, owners, and get them to come in here and and cater for the bubble. So then they have video footages of all these different women chefs, men chefs, different restaurants coming in and you got to choose like for the day who you wanted to cater for, you know, cater your meals. So they followed this one girl around. She woke up at like four or five o'clock in the morning. She had like two or three partners in crime. They did their prep work. They cooked for like different teams throughout the day. And then one team, I think it was a Russell Westbrook left her like a $20,000 tip. Whoa. I think, you know what uh, I'm saying? It was crazy. I mean, I, I think it, you know, this is where contracts and money kind of come into play. And then 
the the same way that at the young child as a young child uh that black athlete is being coddled he grows older he's kind of being coddled in that book um damn i'm forgetting the guy that wrote it the 40 million dollar slave book mm. like as a grown man they're being coddled by these billionaires period these old white guys you know, in the same way, because it's still like for sport itself, right? like sports itself. And I mean, there it's a business, but it's along with the business, it's also ego that plays into a lot of the sports and um, and and wielding of that ego. So moving forward, I'm very interested. You know, I love basketball. It is my favorite sport. I like the competition. I don't know what to expect from this season moving forward, just because I don't know where people's heads will be at. Triple Bs. Um, I am definitely in support of what LeVar Ball has hey. done. Hey! Ball brother family. Okay, wait, wait. Can please give us an update? Huge LeVar Ball. So yeah. last okay. time uh, uh, that we checked in with LeVar Ball, we did actually do a show on him, but it was a while back. Yeah. And it was when he was hustling that shoe. Wait, wait, it, that's wait. one of the worst he decisions. Was selling, that. he was selling. He was Curry, hu- that's he was, a hustle. <laughs> Five hundred dollars for that cheap ass shoe. He was selling the shoe. He was. He was selling the shoe. But back to the di- but back to the he distribution. To but wait, but let's let's talk about it because it goes in alignment with all, you guys both just gave some knowledge okay. on distribution. Yeah. So Lavar's concept of creating the shoe and having the product was very brilliant. Okay. But the issue is, is what people don't understand is, I hate to bring it up again, Kanye, when he did the, the Sway interview, when Sway was asking him, well, why don't you have your own? And right. Kanye talked about distribution. Right. People don't understand that anybody can say, okay, I want to create a shoe, I'm going to draw it out, yeah. and then I'm going to create it. But you have to multiply that by thousands of shoes. You, you have, have to, to create. You, 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 you have to just get it to your audience. Now, you could tell yourself that you, that, that means... That you have to jump into the machine and or be a part of that, or or you're create- you could create a whole nother distribution chain like what Kari's talking yeah. about. Yeah, but because you're telling me that there's, they got leather factories in Brooklyn, you got you know all these different um, manufacturers. There's no agree way that you have to be a part of. But that's the point I'm making. Lavar yeah. wanted to make a shoe based on his son's entering the NBA to market his kids. That's fine, but you're creating a shoe where. Six five, two hundred and fifty pound men have to wear it. Yeah. That's the reason why Nike, Under Armour, Adidas are in the game because not only Just do the are they distributors, but they know the Just science the behind distributing a shoe for a male and female slavery. athlete. Child slavery, Mr. Charlie. <laughs> yeah, agreed. All right, <laughs> that's man. a whole other podcast. But Lavar, yeah. Lavar Ball, right? Yeah. So, uh, he technically has all three of his sons and in the NBA. Okay. Leandro but, but, Ball is playing for the Pistons. Say, why do y'all say? Te- why are y'all using that she word? Te- why are y'all emphasizing are. the word? Technically? Detroit Pistons. He has a he has a a, a unique contract where it's basically Whatever. gonna play him in a. Tr- I'm a huge fan. I'm not mad. He Listen, I want him to play. I think that's gonna be pissed. No one when the Pistons built the Little Caesars Arena, they took all of the tax fucking money. Excuse my language. They took the tax money from the school and from it still the was empty. They can't. They can't. They bought in Blake Griffin, the worst NBA contract in the last five years. Horrible. Yes. And they still can't fill the seats up. So you got Leangelo Ball, the middle ball brother, who. Technically got picked up. Okay, he did get picked up. Yes. He got picked up, Perry. He's in the league. He's in the league. That's all it takes. He's in the league. So He got a jersey, and he's on the team. I think if they should play him. If you look on NBAreference.com, it will be listed that he is a Detroit Piston, 
in the in the pantheon of NBA history. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, he in the league. But that's okay. the middle son that ran into some trouble, right? He went to he started playing for UCLA. They went to China. He stole like a pair of glasses out the Gucci store. Then UCLA like put Spoiled. him on suspension. Yeah. So they suspended him and then Alvaro was like, No, I got a better plan. I'm gonna take you to Lithuania. And it worked out. Okay. It worked out. Pro. It's kinda crazy. Exactly. But what I'm saying is Shout out to the Ball family for getting all three sons in the NBA. And wow. That, and That's then, amazing. And I think the thing, he, they don't get the credit because Mm-mm. they are, because they, you know, the but way his father know? was present is such a different story from the black athlete yeah. with present parents. Yes. Usually, like, around, like, they'll go to those weird academies. Like, yeah. So they'll, it'll be, like, their junior year. Like, yeah. they're modeling. Yeah. Their junior year, you'll live with this so guy. True. Some white what, man. Probably the coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Some white man. Then, family. Yeah, and then you'll stay. Like, like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, Dennis mm-hmm. Rodman. Yeah. Like, it's such the common story. Yeah. But now you got this black man that said, all three of my sons going to be in the NBA. And then he, it, he's with his wife. Yes. Yeah. She had a stroke. She oh, had a no. massive. No, listen. This is his crazy. Wife is, his wife a is. A white woman. Is, is okay. Yes, she is. Okay. But listen, but, she's she, but they she down. So yes. he marries her. He says mm-hmm. he says all these men in the NBA, they find these cute, prissy women, but talking about they want to create some beast. Yeah. He was like, I went and found me a six something woman. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted sons. I knew she was gonna be able to give me these sons. I could tell when I looked at her. Wow. She was an athlete. He was like, I'm an athlete. He bred he breeded his sons basically. Wow. He was a little bit uh he was a little bit Django y there. Okay. He was kinda sorta <laughs> But to be honest I mean, yeah, it was. Speaking of which, what's what's the deal on this American skin movie with Nate Parker is I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it yet. But have have you heard a, because people are saying I, I've been seeing some posts Already saying we don't want to see no shit like that. What is the premise of this? Uh, okay, we that, this that's up. gonna be our next show because we get, let's 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 dissect okay. this. Is it out or and we can watch it? I think let let, let me Google this. But What's it called again? That I I'll look that up. American Skin. But as I look that up, you can continue talking about the good brother Lavar <laughs> and what I expect from especially Lamelo. Oh, uh, Lamelo played good last like night. He about to be pulling from everywhere. He didn't he didn't score last night, but he had. Five rebounds in two minutes, Kari. Where is he? He plays at Charlie Place for Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. You talking about Carmelo Anthony? No, no. Carmelo's in um, Portland right now. So. Uh, oh, who are you talking about, Lamelo? He's the youngest ball brother. Oh. He's 19. He was the most, like, he's the youngest. He was immature. He's all over. So the new thing in basketball is, is like basically like in uh, music. Like when people want to sign you, they look at your following. They look at, how many followers you have? They like look at For your basketball. Influence. Yeah, that's the new thing. These kids, they come out like in I say like eighth or ninth grade. They start creating their like brand on mm-hmm. YouTube. Okay, this is the new thing. Like, or they they shout out to the Hardys. You met Miss Hardy. She was at the pop up. Just a little okay. cute old lady. Her two uh, grandsons are one place for Oregon. And then the other one is playing, uh, he's the number one point guard in the country right now. Okay. So, like, both of them, their dad, they're from here. Their dad, you might know Ramsey Hardy. I don't know if you know no, him, Kari. No. But, just like, y'all age range. But, okay. anyway, Ramsey, Ram, uh, Ramsey's from here, play ball here, got injured. So, like, messed up his college career. Mm. Had two sons, put, almost like the St. LeVar story. Put everything into his sons, moved his son to Vegas because Vegas is where, like, a lot of the summer NBA sports happen. So it's a lot of networking. Mm. So that's what they do. They start recording these kids early. So LeVar 
that's what he did. He got his kids branded very early. Mm. So they're triple Bs. You got La- Lonzo, you mm-hmm. got uh, LiAngelo, and you got LaMelo. Okay. So at a very young age, they played for Chino Hills. It was the three of them. Like mm-hmm. when um, Lonzo was the senior, the oldest was the senior, the the middle was like a junior or a sophomore, and the baby was like an eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But then they could let them play up. And all three of them were on the team. So that's how LaVar started marketing them. Like, mm. my sons are the greatest, like especially when they play together. And he would talk real technical. Mm. And he started catching the people's eye. And he would put teams together. That's what they do in the summer. They put... All the good, like LeBron James' son, D-Wade's uh, son, they, yeah, the Drew League. They go to these different runs. The girls' basketball like that, too. And mm-hmm. girls' basketball is actually creating a wave right now because of how people are branding. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of girls. They put runs together for girls, mm-hmm. and they hooping, like, mm-hmm. and they getting their name out. Mm-hmm. So it's that's how basically the, the, the Ball Brothers got a name. So people like them because LeBron is loud, then they got a show. Mm-hmm. So the oldest son, he went to UCLA. I think he went all four years or three years. Mm-hmm. Was the number one three pick, Magic Johnson, when he was the president of the um, or GM of the Lakers. He drafted him number two. Uh, had a decent. I'm not a fan of Luke Walton. He was a a Laker. Oh, a, a, a Lakers coach. At the horrible. Time. He didn't get along with. Horrible coach. He didn't get along with Lonzo. Got a white boy, you know, young white boy, Luke Walton. He's a junior, Bill Walton's, Bill son. Walton's son, you know. Got a job, but can't coach for shit. Like, mm. when I say can't coach for shit, brought in a younger point guard who is a true point guard. Can pass, has IQ, uh, can work well, can, like, basically run the floor basketball. As you know, you want to mm-hmm. run fast pace. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know how to develop him. So they ended up trading him because when Brian came, once a, a player like LeBron James gets to a team, either you fit LeBron James' way of playing basketball or you get traded, period. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. So Le, uh, he still has a – he's in uh, with Zion, Zion Williamson. He was a Duke – like a what – did, what do they call him? A freshman phenom or a freshman something they call him. But mm-hmm. he played for Duke. So he's with Zion Williamson and – Lonzo play for the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. So the middle child goes to UCLA, too, right after Lonzo, the oldest one, Mm -hmm. but then goes away and gets into some trouble, like I just told you. Mm -hmm. So then his kind of messes his career up because he's, like, the weakest one. Mm. The youngest one is the fool. Like, he the youngest one. He the most attractive one. He's amazing at basketball. Like, he got a social media presence. He raps. Like, he got a, you know what I'm saying? And, like, it's almost like everybody's watched him grow up since he's the youngest. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen him since he was, like, he four also, or five. Cause he also grew about, like, one foot. Oh, my God. Of, mm. uh, yeah, he mm. was, like, six four and now he's, like, six eight. Wow. So his, well, that happened. It does. Yeah. And so he went overseas, mm-hmm. had a great a great run overseas, and then came back and got drafted three. So okay. once he got drafted, he was they were both training. The middle child and the youngest were both training in Detroit because of Jermaine Jackson, who was the coach of U of D Mercy. Okay. So he Jermaine kind of is like a person that's like plays like y'all were just talking about that secondary father role mm-hmm. and steals like real fundamental routine into players like okay you want to be a hooper mm-hmm. you got to have a routine so yeah. he's that like second voice and that's why he ran such a good program at UAD mm-hmm. so everyone was thinking that maybe LaMelo and uh LiAngelo would both get drafted by the Pistons mm-hmm. but the Pistons did end up picking up one of them okay. so it's going to the season starts like Kari said they want that money the machine want their money yeah and they make a lot of money Christmas days mm. so the Lakers just won a championship what was that Kari in October 
September? September, September. And they about to start another season now at the end of yeah. December. Or or it may have been late August, but I yeah. know it was... It and was, where are they? They're playing at these arenas? They're playing yeah. at the arenas, no yeah. fans. Fanless games. Yeah. How does it sound? They it use the like practice well, they sounds, Well, they audio. use they pump in. Yeah, Deja, what'd you say, Deja? They have like pre-recorded yeah. audio, but yeah. sometimes it's louder than like I was watching. Um, yeah, even that boxing match a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Which one? Like, that pre that had that weak audio. Um, the one you talking about, Mike YouTuber. Tyson? Yeah. I thought I thought the that Tyson, was great. The Tyson, as far as the video, I've never seen a boxing match with video that good. It was one of the best. It was good. Uh, the good. camera angles. Now, mm. as far as I really wasn't paying attention to the fake crowd noise. Me neither. But actually, some wild. boxing matches are depending upon where they're at. Because boxing, uh, I love the sweet science. Me but, too. Uh, but uh, boxing is letting in some people cabaret style seating. Because mm. it's been a lot. In Vegas. An abundance of cabaret style seating events. Yeah. Mm. Which in reality. Being from Detroit, I love the cabaret style seat. Me too. I know, Detroit <laughs> is a cabaret. <laughs> cabaret. Cabaret capital. Yes, but no, basketball is in basketball is in a good place. Set up. For women specifically, the college circuit, the high school circuit, there are some great talents coming. So okay. I'm hoping that the WNBA eventually doesn't drain itself. I hope that they find a way to market these women better. I, I know we say that almost every time we talk about basketball. I think it'll be it'll be around. Um, it's gonna be tough, Kari. This this American Skin movie is very interesting. Tell okay. us about it. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Film had its world premiere September first, twenty nineteen. Scheduled to be released January 15, twenty twenty one. And I believe Spike Lee is on as an executive producer for this. But Lincoln Jefferson, interesting name. Interesting name. Character, <laughs> a U.S. Marine veteran who works as a janitor at a prestigious junior high school, attempts to mend his relationship with his son after a divorce. One night during a routine police traffic stop, the boy is shot and killed in front of Jefferson. After the officer is cleared of wrongdoing without having to face trial, Jefferson is forced to take matters into his own hands. Oh, wow. This is going to be an interesting film, especially being that uh, if they plan on releasing this January 15th, Right. And Lord knows where the pandemic lies right then. But uh, it's starring Nate Parker as Lincoln Jefferson. Y'all remember Nate Parker, right? Mm-hmm. You remember Nate Parker, Deja? Was he in The Great Debater? He was in The Great Debater. I love that movie. But he also is Nat Turner. Remember mm-hmm. the Nat Turner scandal? Mm-hmm. Nat Turner, Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. Is the name Did you guys like name. that movie? I like that movie. Yeah, that was a good now, movie. But remember it got... Um, it definitely it got, was... It got uh, uh, boycotted it yeah. because of his... Uh, alleged uh, oh, raping yeah, the white that. girl and then she killed herself. Mm-hmm. I forgot about this. Yeah. That's why I forgot. That was, that was and, it, and it's been, was that 2017? Yep. Around there yep. about? I so are people that. mad about him being in this now? I mean, no, that sure. wasn't 2017. That may have been like 2015. Or well, maybe 2015, 2016? Okay. Yeah. So we're looking at this film has Nate Parker Omari Hartwick, or better known as Ghost to the Black Community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to think he was so fine. I am unsure of some of these other. Anna Lynn McCord, Mo McCray, Shane Paul McGee, Michael Warren, uh, and Theo Rossi. So Sounds this, like a, not, a lot of young, new young oh, actors. I love oh, black film. I Dominic swear. Dominic Ray. Yeah. So, so it's going to be, I think, 
triggering. This film will definitely yeah. be interesting. It's already getting four stars. It's okay. Like four out of ten stars on IMDb. So they're already rating this as bad. So I, I, I don't know. Say to black people in black America, I'm assuming. But also look at be. who's rating. That's what I was just about I, to say. Like I say, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess this may be something like, this is going to be like black Rambo type shit. <laughs> it could be. If yeah. it sounds like he takes matters in his own hand, it sounds like Shaq. I'm, I'm here for that. Matters into his own hands under that premise. And that Nate Parker still has the balls to do this after what happened with... Uh, with, with the his, with the Nat Turner, yeah, yeah. With birth of a nation. It's almost like I guess he's just walking that path because at one point in time, Nate Parker was looked at in the trajectory. I think of being considered possibly for a sure superhero. Mm. Or like he was in yeah. that space of he's yeah. rest in peace. Um, I'm about to call him T'Challa. I'm really messing up. Yeah, um, exactly. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah rest in power. T'Challa. But yes, for sure, Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman. He was in that space of like young. Black, you know, um, actors. He definitely could have been the Lovecraft country dude. In reality, well, did you like, like Lovecraft? It like they shaped that for that. Wait, mm. did you like Lovecraft? Interesting. Have you all? I love case? Lovecraft. Everyone loves it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm the only here. One in I'm America. here for sci-fi. George Clinton Afro future shit. Like oh, they I'm did that, that shit. Too. That shit was good. They gave me all that shit. Okay. I I like it. But then it's like it's like that black male take. I did. It was certain things about the about it. But let's put it like this. Of course, I haven't seen a, a stronger black woman lead character. I did not like the way that it honored the white lady character so much. Hippolyta, also, though. I thought that I thought that the one black male that was like that actually kind of did not seem like torn and bringing trauma to people. It's almost like they brought him back from death to make him seem traumatic and like oppressive. So it was like, man, this is some bullshit. But see, like, I have a movie that I watch where black men are not like, I just think that we're ultra critical. Abusive. I just think we're ultra critical of ourselves. And if you we were to, right. and I think if we were to watch a white film, we would be able to piece it apart and be like, this is a white man being like this to his white woman. I sure the fuck I just think we're just I think because I think because we struggle in black film to get it right that we're ultra like oh this better not make me mad or trigger me to any of my childhood traumas or make me look like I'm a shitty black man or make me look like I'm Uh, a desperate black woman like I'm sorry like you're in Hollywood you're getting this is not like I don't know I just feel like I don't know. I just feel representation now in media is tough. Like everyone needs to has to feel like covered. And and I'm just saying, I just want a cool black dude. That's cool too. Whatever, long as it's not corny. Like last, like last week with Michael B. Jordan on the cover of People with the mustache when they brought back the dad from Two Two Seven. I was like, like I like this dude. But I do understand because they did Titus. They did. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Dad from Two Two Seven. It's Hilarious. like he's a dude. He got a job. He loves his wife. He raises kids. Yeah, yeah. He he lets Stony Jackson come over and get some food from yeah, time yeah. to time. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, this is a cool black dude. He said he lets Stony Jackson come over and get some I mean, food I'd from say, time. I mean, I say I say though, Stoney I have Jackson. to I have to rebuttal. They don't know what you're talking about. I have to I have to rebuttal on Lovecraft because there was so many good examples of like black women doing some like amazing oh, the black things. Women, I thought were amazing. Hip- 
super lighter. Like she's yeah, a, like I said, I a milk. The black women were amazing in that. Oh my god! Like so, I've never yeah. felt more ex- ex- in like excited to be a black woman after watching that you. show. And as a black man, I was like, God. Damn I it. do give you that. <laughs> I do give you that because because you had Tick, right? You had Tick who was like super full of trauma because his dad was like a down low black man in the fifties and like. Who was an alcoholic? And this he was, was a, he was a down low homophobic alcoholic. Yeah, it was bad for black. Like, but Tick was still amazing. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Tick was amazing. Tick was amazing. That it's like it's like God damn it, you know. Like when I watched Tick P could Valley be my man, this, but Tick had when I watched P Valley. This, but then this, this is the uh, thing this summer. Even though walking into Pussy Valley, I was <laughs> thinking to myself, okay, I'm probably not going to get the uh, the Clarion. Example, but here's, a, here's <laughs> but I just feel as if I just feel as if like I want to see a black man that has flaws and goes through things for character growth. What is wrong with that? Okay, but flaws and how they go through things. See, because to me, they do that, and I think it's coming back for a second season. I think uh, so a too. Godfather, Godfather of Harlem. I thought I never thought I heard it was Godfather of Harlem. It's on Epic. That, it's a, isn't that that's the you talking about the documentary? It no, it is a it's a television show with. Um, oh, because there's also because uh, on Netflix there's what is that one? The Godfather Harlem, the dude that was from the oh, music yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Godfather Harlem is a show with man, uh, damn. And and see, this is my mind is this is getting older. The guy with the sleepy eye, and he is in Bloodsport. Oh, Scotland. I love Um, him. Oh, Forrest Whitaker. Yep, Forrest Whitaker is playing Bumpy Johnson. Right, and it also ties the relationship between Bumpy Johnson, Malcolm X, and Adam Clayton Powell. Interesting. Right at at like the intersection of the late '60s and and Bumpy coming back from incarceration to what a uh, Mm -hmm. a heroin. a heroin feel Harlem is. So it's yeah. a very interesting, it's definitely loosely based on reality. For shout out to like Paulie, all my great historians that would know <laughs> or something. Yeah. So it's loosely based on reality. Yeah. But with this being said, I like the layers of some of the characters. And 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 you're right. That that show I just want presents even You can Chris- give me a black hand doll all day, but I'm sorry. Like I wanna see I don't know, I'm especially not even a Ken doll, but it's like Chris Rock's character just from um from uh, the Pookie? Fargo. Oh, from Fargo that just finished where he's how was that a black gangster? He's playing a black gangster in St. Louis because I was thinking to myself, black people ain't in Fargo, but it it's a black gangster from St. Louis. It's certain things where it's like ain't nobody gonna do that. And then you also <laughs> have J.D. Walker or uh, Glenn Turman. It's funny I don't remember all the old actors, but uh, Glenn Turman. Who I still look at as JD Walker, or the sergeant <laughs> on a different world, as people. Would oh, say. that is so funny. That's funny. I love him. Yes, so he, <laughs> he plays an interesting role, but like it, 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 the flaws can exist, but like how the you. flaws exist. The I hear you. That, like sometimes with you know for years in, in the nineties, it'd be like black women doing stuff where it's like a black woman wouldn't do that. But it's just funny you say that. I'm having a deja vu. Have you ever seen two can play that game, Deja? Oh my god, I watched that last night. That was low key a good movie. Like black, I know that's like Anthony I, Anderson I know at his best in his It best was really work. good. But I she really was giving game in that movie. And Piper Carter. Look at look at Piper's face. I'm, gonna, I'm just Anthony keeping my Anderson. mouth shut. But I, what I'm getting at by she saying that I like Anthony, I like I like um I like um 
you know, blackish, but it's just, you know, Anthony Anderson, you know, again, allegedly rapist. Oh, I never I knew know that. that one. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He wow. got yeah, he uh he beat it. He beat his he beat the case. I don't know if it was a, even a case, mm. but there was multiple, you know, there was accusations and uh he was able to quiet it down, but yet and still, yeah. I just thought you didn't mm. like city guys. Have Hilarious. you seen Forty Year Old Virgin? That's a joke. That's a joke for everybody listening that remembers what City Guys was. <laughs> have you seen Forty uh, Year Old Virgin? The I rap- still haven't seen that. Everyone Man, says I, I don't know see why it. you don't haven't watched it. It's actually I thought it's. I told you it started off surface, but mm-hmm. it was really good. It was, no, everyone tells me I gotta watch it. So. It's intricate. And then I hear about this show about uh, Black Queen where it's a woman playing chess. Oh, Ooh. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's a it's a black woman playing chess. I love chess. Where is it? Is on what? What is it on? It's on Netflix. Okay, gotta check that out. Our master queen. Let's see. I'm gonna really Google this. A woman playing chess. Can you teach me how to play? uh, I love chess. Can you teach me how to play chess? Yeah, we need more black women chess. I'm not great, but I can get around the board. Queen Gambit. That's what it is. Queen Gambit. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Queen Gambit. It's it's a black woman. It 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 follows a couple women, but a black woman is in that. That's cool. Playing chess. Taken down because my homegirl was like, "You know how to play chess? Can you show me?" And I was like, "I know how. I, I can show you how to move the pieces, but as far as like really the strategy, the game, mm-hmm. you know, you just gotta keep know. playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, and get with lose. people, you know, and play with other people. Yeah, like, back in the day, the gods really? and the earths played. We're gonna have to have a chess, oh, man. A chess play, session. That would be fun. They play prison chess though. Prison chess. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's it's the chess they play. <laughs> Where they it's like five moves, you know about that, Deja? It's like it's like these it's like these five moves. God, they can get God. you in five moves. God, God, God. They no listen, at the gallery they used to play that. And we used to have the chess boards at the gallery and the dudes would come through like, Yo, peace God, what you got on the chessboard? And they're like, Okay, and then they then they come in and then they do the whole five move thing on people and you know, it it was funny because it was an inside joke to us because you cause you know all the white people would come for the artwork and the atmosphere and they want to be part of the culture. And then um, they'd be, they would, you know, jokingly say, Hey young man, go chessboard here. You know how to play. And and he'd be like, um, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> let me see. And then he'd hop on a chessboard and whoop him in like the five moves. And the dude would be like, Oh my God, Piper, this guy is amazing. Have you seen him? I'll be like, he beat you in five moves. He'd be like, yes. I'll be like, wow, you know. Trying to give him a grant, Piper. It's a, I should have had a hustle. I should have run a little <laughs> a racket. I had the like, kids there, like, okay, line them up. Fresh. Line them up. <laughs> when the, like, when the tourists Jackson come through. No, but the but but see, that's anti-blackness, right? Because you see the little black kid with locks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Beatboxing on the table, and then he'd be like, oh, "Just let me, let me help this young brother. Let me show yeah. him some chess." That would be Do like you a, know how to use this thing, young man? He'd be like, "Uh, I'm not too sure." <laughs> you, you know, that would be like a Vice documentary. That'd be like such it a would, Vice documentary. It would. It would. Like cultural appropriation. It would. <laughs> Where if like somebody be breakdancing and playing chess. I mean, that's literally <laughs> like, what it would the heart be. Part of what Detroit is. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's the hardest chess game ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but literally, that's how it would be when you would come to the gallery. It would be like people yes. be over here playing chess, yep. making beats, break yep. dancing, yep. doing some graffiti, Mike making some vegan one, food. Two, what is college, this? You know, college museum. Yeah, college museum. Like 
You know, people be battling, then they go outside and battle. <laughs> you need a chessboard here. Yeah, natural optimism. Hilarious. Natural optimism. Some natural essence. Yeah, it's a lot of natural optimism. Yeah, now natural optimism is uh, uh, recreationally legal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Hazel Park. Always optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is Hazel Park, Ferndale. There's a couple other cities that the recreational game is like on lock now. Well, you know, they don't want Detroit they to be able to They have. don't want black people. But you can have 12 plants. Yeah, you can. So you can have 12 plants. And it's probably better than what you would buy. And you, you Aren't they buying like K2 at the gas station? <laughs> you can have 12 plants and then if you and then if you uh, have a caregiver, and you can have more. Two ounces. You, can, you can have two ounces on you. Yep. And you can have, you can have two ounces on your personal. Yep. And you, can ha- and you can grow 12 plants. Yep. And then if you have a caregiver, you can grow you. more. Yeah. But I mean, it's probably better for you to grow your own. Then one of those things, you can run into that Nate Parker situation where you're going to need that American skin. You're gonna need your man Jay Z just got a, a strand of weed going. I'm like this dude. Jay. Okay, now now this I is what we got to talk about within. within you said what day? Jay Z moves. How much are they Jay Z? That's what I said. And it's how like much Donald are Trump. They his oh wait, brand. wait. Let's bring up that that okay. That brings us into that conversation that Deja brought last week. Can we just rehash that for a minute? Okay. Yeah. Can you um tell Deja what you told right, me so about that? When I was listening to the podcast last week about. Episode 99. 99. <laughs> 99. Are you out of your mouth? What is that, bro? 99. Are you out of your mouth? Marking this in your head. It's like, I've been, I've been conditioned. Right. My conditioning is conditioned. My conditioning is conditioned. <laughs> you know that song, Brittany? 99. Are you out of your mouth? Hilarious. Okay. But continue. So uh, <laughs> we were talking about the, the rappers. The app. Remember the app? That scamming from the app. Remember you brought that topic last week? Jadakiss is like, hey, get on this mixtape. So he's laying this this post. So my thought process when things like that happen, and this is in the world of like even what Britney said, like for the average artist, they probably approach the artist like, hey, for $1,500, I'll post whatever you want. We saw this even with Kylie Jenner where her price for they said, which I think is much less, but in the – in the Firefest documentary, they said if you give Kylie Jenner five hundred thousand dollars, she'll po- post this orange, the orange color, mm-hmm. and I'm going to Firefest. Mm-hmm. And then the link to the Firefest commercial. Mm-hmm. Now, I really think she probably got fifty G's, but I think for the average, <laughs> most people will share a video. You'd be surprised for about for about a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars, yeah. A G. I just yeah. think a G. Because I think, a think G about too. like a, yeah. because most of these artists are and actors are on cameo, yeah. as we know, and they'll actually give a personalized uh message. Yeah. So if I'll get my personalized message costs five hundred dollars. Yeah. And for me to repost some shit that you sent me, I'll do that for a G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as many ways to transact money and everything. So and, and technically it's not this is where we get into the legality. It's yeah. not illegal because Jadakiss never explicitly said, this is my mixtape and I'm going to be on it mm-hmm. and it's going to feature your song. It's, I'm looking for unsigned artists to be on this mixtape. It's implied mm-hmm. that Jadakiss, because he's a rapper, mm-hmm. it will be his mixtape and he will be on it. <laughs> is it deceptive? 
Yes. But it's the same. You know what I what I equate that with? Those flyers. So like, um, I I, well, (laughs) I know I know they started doing it in Detroit, but in New York they had these flyers, and um, they would say special invited guests. Yes. And the special invited guests would be, you know, fill in the blank with Jesus, some some celebrity, Gucci man, whoever. And then people will be lined up around the corner and then come into the club and be like, okay, I thought this was the meet and greet for such and such. And they'd be like, oh, he he ain't coming. He can't come. And it'd be like, well, uh, usually in Detroit. They, they, usually they let you get in the club. Yeah. And, and you there for a minute. And yep. you're like, hey, where? And it's like. Hey, something happened. Yeah, you something happened. You know right. But you having a good time, right? Detroit got so bad. <laughs> Detroit got so bad, it'll be like the unofficial black party. You know, it'll be like Jeezy's picture on the, on a the right. thing. Like, no Jeezy's going to be here. Just right. his picture. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. That's but so funny. With that, it's, it's like it's like the... That's what I equate it with. Mm-hmm. It's it's along those lines. Yeah. And these artists, uh, like what Freddie Gibbs said, I agree with you, Deja. These artists, I mean, so much of their money comes from touring. Because it's one of the few, it's one of the few things an artist can do, especially in the streaming age, where you really get to control the flow. Because mm-hmm. if if I release my album through streaming, like I'm Meg the Stallion, and I release my album from streaming, it's like it's hard for me to pull my album back. Yeah. If I'm Meg the Stallion and it's it's a it's a crowd of fifty thousand people, yeah, I can say shit, I'm not going on. Right. Where I need to touch some cash. Yeah, Man, people. I don't know how many people know Aretha Franklin was classic for. Oh yeah, you're giving me cash. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want no check. Yep, you giving me cash in the yeah. bag. Yep, validate it, and we gonna sit Erica backstage and count it, and we're counting my cash. Yeah, then I'll go on stage. Yeah, Aretha Franklin set up that precedent back, like you know, rest in power. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Spanish Harlem days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, so it's one of the few things you control. Yeah, because you you don't know with this streaming, it's still too hard to quantify how much of it's streaming, how much money you're making. Right. I'm hearing that this new, and I didn't even know it came out, but I'm hearing this new Kid Cudi Man on the Moon three has streamed, has streamed like, what is it like four times in one week? What what Meg the Stallion did? Mm. Logic just tells me that can't be possible. Well, let me tell you. What I did, what I have seen, I think we talked about it here before. In, um, well, I know P Groove showed me in China. <laughs> I think it's in China. They have whole Streaming rooms. Farms. Yeah, yeah, you seen yeah. them? They no. have a whole room, and all but it is is like but shelves full of phones. <laughs> and then they they go in there, and then they put it on the song, and then they just leave. Somehow they put it okay. on like replay, and then all these phones in the entire room are like playing this song. <laughs> and then and then you just pay J. them. J. Cole talked about that too. And then they just stream it. But but I know that's factual with, too. The music industry has been doing shit like yeah, that payola. for forever. I don't know. If I, I talked I told about this that story. last week too. Yeah, you talked about payola. But when I worked at Harmony House, if people are old enough. Remember. Okay, do y'all remember Harmony House record shop? No. Okay, well, there was a really time, really 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 popular record shop. Music store okay. called Harmony House, and I worked at the one in Royal Oak, which was a classic one. Uh, Huge! It was my favorite job because I just love music. Mm-hmm. If you're not from Detroit, it, it would be the equivalent of Tower Records, except yeah. it was uh, Detroit based. Okay. So Harmony House or Virgin, whatever. But uh, when I was working at Harmony House, it just happened to be during the release of Britney Spears' second album, right? Mm-hmm. 
and this is the concept of shipping platinum, quote unquote. Yeah. We got, we got, I want to say, 600 copies of that CD the week it came out. Yeah. We probably sold 45. Right. And then we kept it on the shelf maybe for about, like, we boxed up a lot and put it back in the back stock. And it shipped shipped diamond, meaning, like, there were this many sold and bought by our record distributor to sell. Yeah. But what happened is they would back catalog it. They Mm -hmm. sit on it. So the 40 that sold, and then over time, maybe 100 sold. So we took 500 of CDs, sent it back. After we sent back that 500 CDs, because she was connected to BMG Universal Distribution, our music buyers would say, all right, give us five Cat Stevens albums. Give us 20 uh, Michael Franks albums. Give us 15 Whitney Houston albums. This is how the music industry was moving then. And what would be even more surprising is if music was released on Tuesdays then. We we wouldn't know how to stock the shelf, meaning I wouldn't know, quote, unquote, the number one album in the country on Friday. Yeah. So how the fuck do I know what the number one album is before the shit even dropped? Because the industry itself already knew what the fuck is supposed to be what the number one album is. It, during that time there, Gnarls Barkley's album came out. The first one was yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Our stock is set up to only carry seven CDs. Every time we fill up with those seven, they sell out that day. Yeah. We never could get more than seven, meaning that there was a demand for that. Yeah. But it was never met. Right. So, and the artists have complained about this type yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I learned more about the music industry working at a record score yeah. than I mm-hmm. ever knew. Meaning that I don't give a fuck how many people demand it. Like, people were calling the record store. Like, yeah. where can I get Norris Barkley? Where can I get Norris Barkley? Yeah. Where can I get Norris Barkley? <laughs> but connected to the machine, we could not stock more. Because they would say, we need you to sell more Britney Spears. Right. Or Beyonce. That's, wild. That's what we've invested in. Or Ashanti. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. Or R. Kelly, whatever the popular artist was at the time, we need you to sell that. And even the aisle distribution, where things were placed in the aisle yep. had different um, placements. So it, it was so much, it, I learned so much about how much the record industry manipulated things. Yeah. And those numbers and those sales are, are uh, so much smoking mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I say my mind, mentally, because. I mean, Kid Cudi has been out of the scope of popular music for, yeah, right. I don't know, i say maybe seven years. Something like I'm that. I'm a huge rager, so I will say Kid Cudi is kind of... We're talking out of scope of popular music, well, not let's his be, fans. I'm just, I'm just saying, Kid Cudi is the master of emo music. So yeah. you have to understand when people... I mean, Little Uzi Vert... Young Thug, uh, Drake, even Drake, uh, Travis Scott, Saint John, like, I mean, it's Kanye, then it's Kid Cudi. So, Kid Cudi is like a no, it's Kanye. I think it's the opposite. I think Kanye made that 808 to heartbreaks after he heard what Kid Cudi was doing. 100%, 100% factual. No, I'm not, that's true, that's 100% factual. But you have to understand, but you have to understand, Kanye still. Influence Kid Cudi like Kid Cudi will tell he you did, that there's no Kid Cudi I, without Kanye. There's like several interviews that say that. Make the check, but Kanye no, 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 heard no, no, that no, 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 no. and said, "I'm making 808." That's true. That is not 
that is nothing but a fact. But all I'm saying is, is that you don't have Cuddy being that inspired to do his own thing without Kanye doing his own thing, like the college dropout and late registration and the graduation. You don't have it. You don't have it. You're saying that that aesthetic. Yes. Built. Period. I, I, I give you that, but I'm trying to say that. Uh, agreed. Cuddy interpreted that and created a agreed. whole new world. Agreed. And That's Kanye what I'm saying. was like, let me sign him Agreed. so I can steal this sound. Uh, and all right. I'm just saying, no. I mean, this happens there, all the it's, time. It's, it's, Doc, I love Dr. Dre. How you love how you feel about Kanye, I feel about Dre. But when Dre heard what Scott Scorch was doing, I agree. He said he Let's did. work on some music. Drake together. does it too. And then the next thing you know, ding, 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 that's ding, what the machine ding, does. The machine ding, steals ding, from ding, each other. Ding, yeah. <laughs> then you like, damn, this Dr. Dre shit sound nothing like Dr. Dre. No, I agree. Because that shit wasn't Dr. Dre. No, right. all I'm saying, I mean, that's we all. I mean, that's. That's the that's the the that's the music industry. Like there's people who create sounds and there's people who mimic it. So, what I'm saying is is uh, forget the let's just leave Kanye out of it. Cuddy is in, <laughs> Cuddy is in the has created a universe. Yes. So for that alone, like I do believe that some of them the streamers. Oh no, everything no, some of them. it's real. But like when we bet on horses, mm-hmm. do you think that Meg Thee Stallion would stream like what did they say like forty five thousand? Yeah, I'm not sure what it like is. I just feel like Kit Cuddy has a fam. Cuddy streaming 170. I believe it because Cuddy is reaching white people. Love Kit Cuddy, but he's not in the. Public but that's not the sphere. point. That's not the point. Eminem ain't either. But when M dropped, he about to do and a meal. I don't. I don't. I don't believe any streaming. I'm gonna just be honest with you. I don't you. either. I don't believe any streaming numbers ever, except the ones. For like independent artists, I feel like because they because independent artists aren't part of this whole machine thing. But even yeah. independent artists now mm-hmm. are going to these services yeah. that beef their numbers up. Yeah, because you'll see an art, you'll go to all these random artists that you never heard of, and you'll be like, "How do they have a million, you know, streams? You yeah, know, no, a million yeah. people not listening to this person." Yeah. That's what they're saying about G Herbo. Did we talk about him? No, no, or no. Or how? And I, you know, and I like some of Six Nine's music as wild as he may be. No, but like, sorry. get but your gilly up. Six yeah. Nine within Six Nines, like Six Nine would have like what four hundred million views. That shit is shit. crazy. Within four days, <laughs> I've like, never seen logic like it. Tells you, yeah, yeah, this is some bullshit. One hundred percent. And I'm just saying, logic. I, I agree. Not he logic, has the rapper. A rich audience that love him. <laughs> I'm, only... I'm just saying, just in the world of in the world of where people are at in the trajectory, the audience and everything in the music machine is really built to target people. I want to say between the ages of nine and fifteen. I believe yeah. that the average yeah. nine to fifteen year old looks at kid don't even know who the fuck kid. Cudi no, is. I agree. I only mentioned Kid Cudi just because. Our viewers probably don't even know. Listeners don't even know who Kid Cudi is. Half of them. So I just wanted to separate the fact that Kid Cudi is a oh, is no, a no, no. is he's, a demigod when it comes to he's, music. He's, he's but amazing. but at the same time, it doesn't take away from the, my point of letting them know he's a demigod. Doesn't take away from your point of that is rigged. And, and, and I'm just saying the machine itself is massaging so many of these numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you look at some of these YouTube views, and then you look at some of the logic behind. Some of the moves they're making, where it's like, yeah, it's a lot of smoking. Yeah, people. even yeah. the Insta- the Instagram followers you have, the <laughs> yeah. followers you have, oh, yeah. Yeah. the 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 shares you have, like, and then so much value is dependent on it. That's the annoying part, right? Like we just talked about, like they'll look at you and be like, oh, you have this many followers on Instagram, you have this many uh, likes on this post, so yeah, we want to give you a deal. 
Like, yeah. it just, the and it's all rigged, but that's where people hold value. Like, that's how people are getting deals and money. and, and Which is interesting, and you can always tell because of the comments. <laughs> because of how does someone have 4 million followers and then, I don't know, 500,000 likes on a post and, like, two comments. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. It's all... Some bullshit. It's all rigged, yeah. Yeah, what, because, like, yeah. And then also, like, when you look at when those comments were made and what those <laughs> comments say yeah. versus you know when a comment, when a video has real comments because usually in the comments, people, you still going to get the person that say, like, hey, buy my... Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're going to yeah. usually get somebody to say stuff that you're thinking as yeah. you're watching the video. That's yeah, true. Yeah. You know, like... Like tonight, and, and, and this versus battles are very revealing too. Mm, yeah, they are. How much influence some of these quote unquote old artists yeah. will have over the general mm-hmm. public. Yeah. So it just tells you that the the only thing that this these old artists don't have is the machine doesn't back them yep. anymore. Yeah, that's so the true. audience base there still for them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that yeah. mean people will watch the Gucci versus Jeezy versus, I know. Yep. It wasn't a day, like two million something. It was one point nine, one point two million. Yeah. So if right that there. many people will watch their versus battle, yeah. Then obviously, and, and and I thought that had the versus battle thing has minimal. Not like the whole machine ain't behind it because I think it really is something more independently done yeah. through Swiss, even though they partnered Swiss and Timberland. Though they partner with Apple and all that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. still not like it's not like Apple music. That's true. Right. right you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They have not bought There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential to yes. do for them yeah. to do some cool things with that versus. They yeah. they but really the machine will want more control. The machine true. is gonna want they gonna more have control to, I, over I that. I hate that. I and, hate and, that. And I think because the number one thing is it's always easier to exploit a young, naive artist yeah. versus an older, like an Ashanti, like what was the yesterday, Ashanti and Keisha Cole. Yeah. Ashanti and Keisha Cole have so much industry experience, yeah. they're not willing to be exploited the same way. They're going to, you present them with options, they're going to be like, all right, my attorney and my, <laughs> my manager, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Whereas you present that to G Herbo, he's like, shit, fuck it. Yeah. Speaking you know, of G Herbo, yeah, what was you about to say? That he's under fire for scamming because, um, yeah, he's just under fire for scamming. I saw that. What I happened? I didn't look at the scamming. I know what he actually what happened? did. I don't know if it was loan scams or unemployment scams, but he's on trial right now. They're looking at all of his friends and, oh, not just friends, so but Rico? associates. Is it Rico charges? Yeah. Or is it, I think the Casanova is, is Rico. Yeah. Casanova's yeah. the Rico charges. I don't yeah. think Gio Bros is as thick as Casanova's. No, but I, he he, he kind of snitched, though. He did. Wait, wait. Himself. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying. He, he, he self-incriminated. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, wait, what happened? We got a lot he, to talk he, about in this subject. <laughs> well, right? I don't know the full story because I was watching it on Instagram and... um. Well, not like I was watching screen recordings that somebody else took from Instagram and put on Twitter, and I'm like reading the comments, trying to figure out the context and the story. Where mm. comments is, matter, right? Yes, they exactly, because context. Cause mm. I don't understand everything. And, and people see, do be like, "I'm here for the comments." Yeah, yeah. And then you see different perspectives because other yep. people know, you know, people know different things, but also some of that information might be false, so you can't believe everything. Mm. Yeah, hear. but it, you mm. can't get some knowledge in the comment section though. Yeah, some people word. be laying it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So someone, one of the the associates of G Herbal that got caught up, I guess something came out about him getting his cars taken. 
um, from the government or seized or something like that. Okay. And he came out and said that um, it wasn't him and it was actually G Herbo or something like that. And he? yeah, and then G Herbo was yeah. like, he took video of all of his cars and said, I didn't, all my shit is still here. I'm Gucci. Like, oh, I seen he that. Was bragging on his on all of his stuff, just incriminating himself. Because he can't afford that off of his music. Yeah, that's a good topic. So did He doesn't get, he doesn't have the sales or the fans or anything. He's YouTube famous. Mm, that's true. Now, now, with that, there is something within YouTube fame, but also flossing for, for that style of rapper. It He's is, dating Emily B's daughter. I don't even know who Emily B Fab, is. Fab, fabulous. Fabulous. And the, she, they have a child together. They've been with each other forever. So Fab, Fab's baby yeah. 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 All right. His, so is that, his stepdaughter, is, basically. Okay. And he even said something on his the Lori internet Martin. about how he said <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. But do y'all he like said something on the internet too about how the system always tries to bring down black men? Man, yeah. I I get okay. So Fab, this, around okay. the time he, that Herbo was caught Fab up in the he said being a rapper, he said being Fab a is caught up a lot too. Fab said being a rapper is a tough job. I saw him. I mean, because you talk a lot. Yeah, you're Period. a rapper. You talk a lot. But yeah. the DJ Vlad, this is on the Ashaw. So yes. the DJ Vlad stuff is wild. Which, I do which, not which like DJ Vlad. Okay, stop, which I'll which stop, part? Yes, that he's stop, a stop, fed. That he's I'll the. Stop f- so Vlad since, yeah, uh, Godfrey cancel Vlad. And, uh, Period, Lord Jamar. Yeah. Period. He does not deserve. I but love but Vlad. how long okay, so have people been saying unreal. stop watching Vlad? How long? Forever. Forever. I'm never. Let me tell you something. Never watched it. Back in like twenty. 13 from 2013 people been saying yeah. stop watching Vlad in Casanova's case in Casanova's case they said they used parts of Vlad yes, interviews to did. incriminate him and so Vlad is real particular like yeah. he says that it may you know it makes him mad when people say that he's the feds but yeah. I mean I clearly have studied it because I never watched Vlad interviews <laughs> so I went and watched Vlad interviews yeah. to study him yeah he is a fed wait I, wait 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 <laughs> I don't necessarily, but but if he's not if he's not the if he's not the fair, he is definitely not for the culture. The way he he asks these niggas these questions, but he's also a Jewish kid that that's a fan. He listen. This is this is a tip. I don't know where Vlad is actually from. Oh man, but I'm going to Russia. Okay, but the thing is, in New York City, okay, and we have a whole group called the Beastie Boys that are from this culture. In New York City, it is very common. To have these Jewish kids that Paul are Rosenberg. from Brooklyn, that are from Queens or Manhattan, but mostly from Brooklyn and Queens. Oh, um, what's the name is one of them? MC Search. Yeah. Okay. You have these these Jewish Marshall. kids and they right. are from the hood, meaning they're from, you know, close. They're not from the projects, but they're from the neighborhoods that are close to, you know, uh, the A projects. block away from a mile. Right. Right. And so the thing is, they grow up in hip hop, right? So they're not only are they fans, but they many of them have the backing, okay, to be able to support some of these artists. And so what has happened culturally? This is a very New York phenomenon, but you kind of see it everywhere else because they are able to support them like financially. Then they become part of the culture. Yeah. So they might By default like they a, might front the label. They might have like a small label. We saw it with um Delta on paper. What was the name of the label? Um Raucous. 
There was Raucous Records did that, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, and I mean, and Vice. I mean, there's these different, you know, things right. that are, you know, Complex Magazine. There's these different things um, that are, you know, part oh, well. of, you know, um, the, the, the culture, if you will, mm-hmm. where they're important pieces of the culture, but they're funded by these white kids loud, that loud. are grown now, but loud. loud records, you know, that, uh, if y'all don't know loud is a whole huge pantheon of, you know, artists that we all love and adore. <sighs> but I'm just saying this to say that many pieces of our culture were brought to us by these white kids. I hear you. Who were fans. But then back to Kari's original point, because they were operating outside of the matrix, you get what I'm saying? They, they, but they had enough money to kind of be on par with Matrix. With you. And then they were able to say, able to take these pieces that were super cool and put a lot of money, you know, behind them and then lift those parts of the culture up. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, Vlad and fits into that. that. I got Vlad point, fits into that. I got a point got after you, Curry. Because, because, yes, this has been going on even before, like, this is predates hip hop. Um, this mm. is blues. This is mm. jazz. Mm. This is funk. That's this deep. is this is soul. This is R and B. So like almost all forms of definitely black music entertainment mm-hmm. um, ha- has been accompanied and ushered through. Uh, a lot of times, it's like Jewish attorneys and and like parts of their culture that go into business. Um, so like I, they don't I, want I, you to and, say that though. That's the crazy and, part. And the 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 strange thing, or I don't want to say strange thing, but the 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 usury element, let's mm-hmm. use a legal term. The yeah. usury element of it is that it disrespects and it negates mm. the layers to me of what our culture represents. Agreed. So when we talk about Vlad interviews. And I want to say something before you, about Vlad interviews, is my issue with them as well, I told you guys I watched it, so to articulate on a fed is, is that's why I, I like you, Kari, and that's why I like Piper. When we have a guest on here, we're talking to them about their story as it relates to what they do. We talk to them about music. We talk, we bring out the things in them that makes them want to talk makes them like when head comes here right he came here and he sat here for three hours and talked to us because we was talking to him about his music his legacy you get on black he wants to talk to you about open cases he wants to talk to you about well because he's trying to sell media but part of that also this is where the usury element comes into play right uh and, and then this is also the enlightenment of the young brothers too because their enlightenment is looking at incriminating themselves that's on true. record as something that's a sales point. That's true. Like, yeah. I mean, even to the point where it has almost come about again, definitely in a lot of the Chicago music, but, like, when I was younger, it was a rapper that was more popular, Spice One. Yeah. And when people was like, oh, Spice One, a fake gangster. When people found out that Spice One did not murder people, people stopped listening to Spice One. That impacted his, 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 his music. Mm. Because people wanted Spice One to murder people. They wanted him and, to be and, a murderer. And, and even when you looked at that Gucci Jeezy versus yeah. like as that as was crazy. Built, it was a lot of the comment section like, yeah. what these niggas gonna do? Yeah, I can't even. Like, but that made me like so it mad. It was a layer of people that wanted to see one of them shoot yeah. each It other. was, yeah. You know, so like the 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 concept, like when we think about what this music glorifies and how it's exposed without the context of like what I say. 
the 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 traumas associated with the violence that exists that can rationalize these inhumane acts. That's what right. makes Vlad even more and, horrible. But, but Vlad also, but, but Vlad he is knows a part of that pantheon. Because this, yes, this my this horrible. my thing. Let yes. me let me let me just keep it a buck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw we throwing Vlad in the trash. Throw the Breakfast Club in the trash. I do. Throw Complex Magazine in the trash. What's some more of these? All these, I mean, all these record I, the, labels the, the, in the, the trash. The number one version of what Vlad is. Vlad is just the hip-hop version of TMZ. It's yeah, true. throw TMZ in you the know, trash. I never listen to TMZ. Exposing, they're, they're using, quote-unquote, they're, they're taking advantage of what's labeled as a celebrity in a vulnerable position, knowing that this will be... Yeah. Exposed, but we as a public also feed into. We gotta stop that. So like, so because Casanova knows, you know, Sada Baby knows. If I talk about beefing and my open cases, this is going to get quote unquote more exposure. Because if I talk about, hey man, I'm just raising my kids right now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm really focused on that and picking the right baby stroke. Yeah, and and, and not even going to edit (laughs) or post anything. Right. Furthermore, the machine and the algorithms aren't going to propagate anything like that. I get you it. You know, so like the, 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 so what I look at, like when I say, is he a part of the feds? I would say the machine itself is, is the, the feds. feds. Oh, definitely. So, Facebook is so, the feds. Yeah. Yes, Facebook is, is definitely that. So we need to be mindful when making our actions anytime. So the, 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 the concept, and, and really, I would look at the stuff, but even with the, I would have had more respect for Vlad if he wouldn't have been so disrespectful. If he wouldn't have been, because <laughs> it, it, the way he responded over the whole fair comment. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he usually acts like, I'm not a this, I'm an I'm a atheist, I'm not right, a that. Right, right. But to, to go as far as to get in his feelings about the stuff that Nick Cannon said, and yeah. what Nick Cannon said wasn't even. Right. Right. Wasn't even. Uh, he didn't even offer anything that wasn't can't be even uh, validated through book. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's not like Nick Cannon was saying like Jews smell bad and fuck them all. They deserve to die. He didn't right. say anything like that. He was speaking of historical facts. Yeah. And he took that as besmirking their character because the Anti-Defamation League and different things like that. Like Which, right now, let's keep it a buck. The Anti-Defamation League is a right wing organization yes. that tries to front itself like they're all pro you know they're, they're definitely pro-israel they are zionists and they are you know the anti-defamation league is the worst they do not represent uh what i would say jewish culture yes the jewish culture is so interesting man but but see <laughs> but the culture versus the part of that's in the machine is so different yeah and then even the way that it coddles even where they meet the, is interesting like the orthodox where I was getting is the there's some un Hasidic unorthodox Jews that are now doing vlogs on YouTube because they feel as if they have bad reputations and want to give people more insight on their lives. But I would be very mindful that like <laughs> in reference to the machine, the 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 their culture, especially around some of those profession professions when it gets to entertainment. So it's like the Jewish attorney introduces you to the Jewish financial manager, introduces yep. you to the Jewish real estate investor, yep. introduces you to the to the all Jewish their money market account. And Piper just went to the next level. It's all their cousins. It'd almost be like if one of those Jewish people wanted to come to the hood and and I don't even know what industry I would say. Not even know like street shit, but like if they wanted to come to the hood and just 
um, and, and be, you know, be able to sell a newspaper on the corner of Davidson. And I'm be like, all right, so to sell a newspaper on Davidson, what you're going to need is you're going to need to go buy some shoes from Piper. Yeah. You're going to need to buy a truck from Gyra. Yeah. You're going to need to go buy, uh, to, to pick up your papers. You're going to need to buy, you know, dispose Get of your all the ones you don't from, you know, from, Brittany. From Brittany. <laughs> now, you have a beef with your manager. Yep. Your whole machine mm-hmm. is crumbled. That, that really was strengthened on mm. their fathers were managing yep. Barry White. And their fathers was managing Little Richard. Yep. And their fathers was they managing just Scott down. Joplin. Oh, that's their so fathers creepy. was doing fucking uh, uh, vaudeville and minstrel shows. Yeah. So it's almost like, so the minute you have a problem with one, your whole you don't get access to none of the rest of the shit. Which is where the whole Master P thing exactly. came. Where it was like, oh, okay, well, we don't need any of that. We'll do it ourselves. Not the truth. And that becomes... Dangerous. Agreed. Even, even like, here's the one that, like, a lot of hip-hoppers did not like. Also, another major, quote-unquote, money-making capitalistic rapper of even some of the things that MC Hammer was doing with, like, yeah. the way he set up his tour. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to pick this artist. I'm going to take that artist. I'm going to yep. hire these people. Because the way he did it with his brother, quote-unquote, managing his money. Yeah. Because they also know a lot of accountants. Yep. But those accounts also know people that work for the IRS. Yep. So when you say they're the feds, yep. they've been the feds. Yep. And it's like when you're not going along for the get along yep. is when you run into problems. Yep. Now, I don't know what Gerbo did. I don't know what Casanova did. But like some of these challenges and some of these issues that a lot of these rappers are walking into blindly, sometimes inebriated, very mm. young and naive, yeah. immature. Full of ego. Have, yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of ego. They're being pandered to. You know, they don't yeah. even recognize some of the things that are going, going on. on. So mm-hmm. so I, I would go as far as to say. And the way they treat them is different because yeah. when 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 you come into the game, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Deja, you are going to be the next thing. And so here's a thing that you want. And here's a here's a, a dream you said you want to have. And here's something that you named. Right. And then we get your project done. And then you get a bill, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute, uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't. Um, what is all of this I stuff? Didn't, I didn't, I didn't you know, what's all this stuff on, on all this bill? And it's like, well, Deja, you said you wanted um, to go horseback riding, and so I had my cousin buy you a horse. Yeah. It's like, well, I want to buy a horse. I just yeah. wanted to ride the horse for five minutes. <laughs> and you can't take that back. And you can't take it but back. But when you owe on it, guess what? That cousin ends up with that Clydesdale again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rick James' <laughs> whole story, MC Hammer's whole story. Like, the machine is so built to feed itself. Meaning yeah. That because That's it's so deep. hard to work outside the box of of what they label as. Yeah. And the number one thing is they label all of the people they're referencing as their professional. Yeah. If you bring in your cousin or your They're uncle. unprofessional. That's exactly. so funny. Yeah. But they but they put that in your brain. Same thing with the NBA. They put Definitely. that in your mm-hmm. brain, right? Mm-hmm. And then then it gives you anxiety and fear, right? Like I want this label. I mm-hmm. want this life. I want this thing. I have my dream. I finally got my success. And I don't want, and what they put in your brain is all those other people, you don't want to be around those other people because they are going to prevent you from your success. Mm. Yeah. Well, but one of the things that I don't want, I guess I don't want to get into it too much is what you brought up, Kari, is 
It's like you can't even say anything about the Jewish community. If you say like things that we're talking about right now, they if we were attached to a brand or a platform, they would be suspending us. I'm not I'm not even attached to nothing, but it still sort of hits my gut where I have to make sure I'm labeling. Yeah. I'm mindful about yeah. the way I speak, but yeah. I definitely am even more mindful too because I work in a space with creating messaging yeah. where I know that this shit could be conscrued yeah. as defamation when it is never any I have no uh, I have no destructive intent in what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying what I've witnessed over time. Like, we think of, like, okay, a guy from Highland Park, Jackie Wilson. Jackie Wilson, Michael Jackson idol, yeah. was the biggest star on earth at one point in time. Yep. If, and when we think about the way Jackie Wilson died of basically trying to scrap together some money for his burial and everything, and shout out to his daughter and everything, Brenda, but... It's it's a damn shame when we think about the that world of music because because the machine and the mechanisms controlling money. Joe Lewis, mm. an athlete on the athlete end, was the biggest athlete. He was the first inter well, I guess Jack Johnson sort of, but Joe Lewis post World War II was the largest uh athlete in the world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But he still died having to like, you know, do exhibition fights against bears and shit like that because yeah. of money he owed to the IRS. Because there's also a relationship yeah. between the IRS and these people, quote unquote, yep. that are in your team managing what you're doing mm-hmm. with your career. So, yep. like, when you say they're the feds and what goes on. I shouldn't have said that. It sounded like the internet. No, but... no, no, no. No, what you're saying is real. But yeah. this isn't the consciousness I think a lot of artists seek. Buster Rhymes with the album he just dropped. That's so good. A lot of Buster Rhymes Thank not you, Deja. to you. That well, he rarely speaks on it. But Buster Rhymes has been climbing out of the debt that he's been in for those very quote unquote expensive videos in the, in the late nineties. Yeah. Mm. For like what the past twenty years. And and that's the part of what I'm talking about is you know when people say oh you know which is true when they say oh Puffy, you know uh, doesn't you know pay the artists and this and that right mm-hmm. that so that. That non-understanding or that ignorance about how money works and the business and, like, you know, um, all of the people or things that have to get paid for in order to do your project. When they create your project budget, right, what they do, like Kari said, they give you a financial advisor, they give you an attorney, they give you an accountant, and then all these people explain to you, (laughs) you understand what I'm saying, your budget and your contract, like they explain these things to you. And then in the explanation to you, what they do is tell, you know, if you're looking at any legalese, it could be even something simple, just to be honest. It is very difficult sometimes to understand exactly, right? Like what's going to what? And when you see a contract and it says two points, 0.2%, blah, 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 that doesn't sound like a lot of money. But when it when it is all said and done, what the artist does not actually understand, which they probably understand a bit more now because of 360 deals, is every single thing that you do that's connected to this label, you're paying for. So they don't tell you that, okay, what they tell you, this is how they get you. Oh, Pike. I'm giving you a deal. I'm get, Not even a deal. I'm, I'm going to hook you up. 
Yeah. With this clothing line. And we're going to get you this endorsement for this clothing line. Now, you got this whole endorsement, you think, for this clothing line. You wearing these clothes. Next thing you know, you got a bill for all the clothes that you got. Everybody that was with you. But they told you that you was giving The other ex of it. Yeah. For Britney Spears' album, guess who was paying to get those 500 CDs back? Britney. The Britney Spears Man. Uh, uh, machine. Yeah. So it's almost like you're still even old for the press, the distribution. Like yep. what, what, and, and when I say it's a loan, they present it to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I came to you and said, hey, here go a million dollar deal. That's different than here's a million dollar loan. Yeah. With probably an unknown amount of interest. Yeah. That's in perpetuity for forever. And you start questioning this shit. Yeah. Because you connected to me and my cousins run the rest of your business. Yeah. We're going to make it hard for all the shit you want to do. You know what I'm saying? So you think you starting off saying, I'm getting in the game. Yeah. And that's where even being independent, it becomes tough because if you, you, quote unquote, the gatekeepers, the people with influence, the people with flow, the people that control some of these distribution channels need to hit, I need to be making a piece off of this to present this to a a grander scale. Because if I don't make a piece off of this, then why, I would rather have the one I make a piece off of, right. get a piece off Even of. if it's crappy. Yeah, like, people ain't going to tell you this, but Piper definitely knows, working with those models and stuff. Drake was on a, what was that, a, a Disney show? Mm-hmm. When Disney well, no, it was um, um Degrassi. Yeah, that's <laughs> Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, but still, yeah. it's along the lines of, I know what you meant. A, mm-hmm. a, when you're a child yeah. star, mm-hmm. what are those deals for a child star? It's perpetuity oh, yeah. for all the shit you do the rest of your life. Yeah. Nickelodeon is getting a piece off of everything Drake will do for the rest of his motherfucking life. I believe it. Almost on some little rascal shit. Like I made you. Because it's like, and sometimes they'll just sign, models really have, you know, a lot of that. They'll just sign you, and you're in that mix for forever. Oof. It don't you seem talk about like that. that. Like, like Nick, unless you got, and hence, that's where gangsterism comes into play. Yeah. You can't. Gangsta Nickelodeon. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and and that's crazy, of- right? Because this is the thing, which kind of ties to some political stuff. But if you look at, you know, no offense, but if you look at like a trick trick, yeah. if you go on his Instagram or whatever, he'll be on Instagram like every, you know, day talking mm-hmm. about what y'all need to do. Or even, even um you know, uh, Royce the Five Nine. You know, oh, this is what y'all need to do. Y'all ain't doing this. Y'all ain't doing that. You know, they got the no fly zone and, you can't come to Detroit with this, can't come to Detroit with that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, for how many years were Detroit artists missing from the pantheon of the machine? There was a whole person called Eminem. Yeah. And that whole thing that prevented any artists from coming out of Detroit, right? Yeah. Up until, like, you know, a big Sean made a way, right, with, through the, a different... That was a different camp, right? Because that yeah. what that had nothing to do. The yeah. whole Kanye didn't have nothing to do with the Eminem, and that was like okay. But even with the Big Sean, he hasn't. the 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 first time that I've seen him quote unquote reach back was Cash Doll, which is how long has Big Sean been out to do any reach back? Well, maybe a day's loaf, but I mean, he even with that. So that is funny. I don't know if y'all are into battle rap, but Math Hoppa uh, has a podcast. 
where he invited some Detroit artists on and they went through all of Detroit's history of Big Herc and they went back and explained Blade Icewood and the Detroit sound. And we're talking about how Trick Trick and them get a lot of flack for the whole Detroit payola, but they said that they created that quote unquote because the machine never reached back to Detroit artists after Eminem. Yeah. Like, no. But and they black, they black, yeah. they black they Detroit blackballed. out. Yeah, they blackballed Detroit. And they needed to because if you had a true representation of Detroit. Right. Competing against the image that they created around Eminem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they'd be like, oh, well, this motherfucking lion. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. You know? and, and then so, with Big Sean. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, gonna, all I was going to say is just so with that type of you know, system in place. Yeah. Meaning the no fly zone and all of that. Even with that, to me, I don't think that they actually maximize the 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 potential, right? I don't think so either. Of of what that could actually be. Because even to this day, you know, okay, certain people can't come into town, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, it it doesn't really support, right? Like a like a like a um an ecosystem. Right. You get what I'm saying? It I do. It it it's just like okay, this one crew can prevent this one artist from like performing at this one show, but like in the scheme of things, they right? Didn't get nobody signed. It doesn't. Which which is where a Jeezy was really important mm-hmm. to Detroit because a, a Jeezy did you know come back and then be able to. And on a on a smaller Don't scale, Don't cash out for sure. Yeah, on a smaller and scale, you know, may, may, the, yeah. yeah, on a smaller scale, but you know, on on his terms, his level, I'm saying. But in in the land of when you hear the stories about the no fly zone, you would think that that had actually created this entire ecosystem, but it actually really didn't. It, it was didn't. really just okay. You can't come here today and perform at the show, but like, where are all the artists? You understand what I'm saying? Like, like all that, like all of that, like where's all the artists that's coming, like from that? And, and it's unique because first off, you know I'm I'm Detroit rapper that look up to Tricky. Like, mm. uh, one of my first shows was connected to the Goon Squad camp at Click Boom, and and you know when we talk about indictments and the things, <laughs> that, that, that real shit, you know what I'm saying? No, it's real, um, it's real. But um. So it's like, and then I've seen the maturation of Tricky over time, um, and and then where where things even can, went with that, like I I do think that you have layers of stuff, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? From Awesome Dre smacking Russell Simmons' cousin, like mm. it's certain <laughs> it's certain shit that's happening in Detroit like the rap hip hip hop history mm-hmm. that uh, make Detroit different. But Eminem is definitely that figure that, like, you didn't need any competition. Eminem and yeah. Rock became figures that you needed a, a idea yeah. to exist in a worldwide and, and, and national scope yeah. of what Detroit is that's so different than, I think, what Detroit truly is. Yeah. Even though it may have certain aspects of what that was. I agree yeah. with that. Um, now, with that being said, I... I'm very interested in seeing what's to come as like a lot of the street music right now is getting more and more popular um, through the streaming ideas yeah. and platforms. But even with it, it gets back to like 
what's the context and how destructive can this be? Yeah. Mm. Like one of my favorite rappers, and I mean, and I know him, I met his OG through him, but Peasy. And I mean, I spoke, yeah. expect him to be home soon, man. Keep your head up, Peasy. Keep but your like, head up. Um, but like, I expect, you know, I will hope that the growth does match and they still keep uh, access to stuff. Like people know, like Stretch is one of, Stretch Money, one of my best friends. Because he's gotten back money. and worked on stuff. Like he, um, you know, as he, he has a higher consciousness now, but like even in wrestling and presenting different stuff to people, it's harder just because on a local level, it's still a local machine that supports and propagates, I think, a lot of things that can be more self-destructive. Mm-hmm. You know? I think so, too. Uh, with, what payroll is doing, like payroll right now from Doughboy Cash Out presents himself as a father, uh, husband, family man, and that's cool. But that's not that's not getting the same, you know, um it's not pulling in the same energy as like, you know, some of just the straight up what's labeled as like some quote unquote real Detroit shit. Like, like some street shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Sean struggled. Like you think about Big Sean. Sean struggled a lot. Sean was had smart marketing though. He would come and he would do local shows at like St. Andrews for like 20, 30 bucks. And he would like get like a like a Dom Kennedy or a Wiz Khalifa or somebody that had like more national like recognition than him. And he would just pass out his mixtapes. Like like I don't know, like probably more so than what you got more so used to than what I'm used to, but he would just like pass pass his mixtapes out. But when Sean came out, he had a huge identity issue. Like, thank God there was like this emo wave, but if there wasn't an emo wave, like coming out of Detroit, there would have been no Sean. Like even no even now you ask people like, Do you like Big Sean in Detroit? They'll be like, Who is the, who the fuck is that? Like Sean doesn't really get the respect that uh I would even say uh, uh, KDZ right or... No, no. But, I mean, but KDZ is more along the lines of the streets. But, like, I mean, you, you've you always had layers within what Detroit is. Because, I mean, it's you talk to people like, who classic? You know what I'm saying? You may get Black Milk and Elzai. Mm-hmm. And you may get Blade and DZ, KDZ. You know what I'm saying? Just all dependent upon, and they, and these are all mixed into the Detroit experience. It, I do. I think so. I think so. I think I don't know. I think Detroit artists have. I think a lot of people say it doesn't matter what market you in. You have that battle. I, they say you have to go outside your market to get respect. But I think if you're a certain type of artist, like. Detroit doesn't really embrace you. Like, I feel like, I don't know, y'all may know more than me with Dwelle. Like, did Dwelle get big after he was on the Flash and Light record? I think he was. Dwelle does get a lot of Detroit love, though. But I'm saying, but when did he start getting it? No, Dwelle always got Detroit love. That's why he got on the record. I'm asking. I'm asking. Yeah, Dwelle gets Detroit love. I think Dwelle was getting it. I mean, me. Elzai doesn't. Yeah, no, Elzai doesn't. But also. it, well, it, at least not in Detroit. Everywhere right. else, Elzai Everywhere is a else, god. Yeah, a but just no. That's yeah. how I feel about Dilla. Like, that's shame yeah. on Detroit culture beyond you, Pipe. Like, I feel like Dilla is like, when you hear Dilla's name in other marketplaces, they bow. You hear it here, they're like, who is Dilla? But niggas don't know. That's you the problem. Play, won't do. And, uh, and 
shit, you could play Won't Do at fucking, what's the strip club everybody's at now? Mm. Uh, what's that shit from Power? Truth? You could play Won't Do at Truth in Detroit, and that shit'll go up because of the context of the song. It's still relatable to these Detroit niggas because it's a Detroit song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Dilla doesn't get the clout because he's a, he's the sole producer. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's Dilla, shame on us. Dilla was in Chocolate City for his album cover. You know, <laughs> but niggas don't. Niggas that's don't crazy that to way. me. But I mean, but it's still a part of the like. I think it's still a part of. Of, it's of like what's being marketed to yeah. too, because part it, it still also is like what that layer of culture is, and that and that has more access to like I say the local machine. That but at least like you I can't has to radio show. and all that. Other like stuff. I feel yeah. sad that Detroit's music history is so like separated. Like you have people who like those guys I was telling you about that went on talking on the battle rap show and they were they broke down street Detroit music and I'm glad they did cuz a lot of people don't know about Detroit street music scene like the the depths of it but then it's like okay then but you're not even bringing up the depths of Dilla like you're not bringing up the like how like Motown birthed like a whole generation of music heads like so it's like separate stories like you talk to some people they talk they deal to like tell you about um what's the guy piranha head or uh what's some some other heavy hitter in that well, dj mean, head it's like, it's like separate it's like separate hits hits it's not it's not one big story and i think we're doing ourselves a disservice yeah. to separate but it like that also taps in with Amp, the, with yeah. The street yeah niggas even today still like yeah, Chief, chiefy and everybody else mm. i think i love I, you know what i'm saying and i mean but but it also too is on us as performers to define where that audience is and create an experience around what that experience is. Mm-hmm. So, like, I look at, like, I have a very different type of exposure with what I've done. It's like, mm. Trey is different, came out of my my music. And a lot of people was like, damn, you rap? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I don't think you rap, and you don't know rapper, rapper. But it's like, that's their interpretation. Got you. And when I created my shows, I had my own show experience with my band and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think of being at Northwestern High School at one point in time, you know, uh, they weren't in class often, but, uh, like, I was in class with, uh, like, so, so, like, you got Money Wells from Power Movement, which I think is Power Movement and Money Wells is very much along the lines of, like, African-centered consciousness. You had me along some mm. of those lines, but also, like, along business and capitalism. Uh, Tough Tone from the East Side Cheddar Boys was there at one point in time. And you had Danny Brown. Like, mm-hmm. these are all, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, it's like, okay, we could battle in the lunchroom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but this was, you know, and, and and at the time, you knew, like, okay, Brown got some glow. Like, mm-hmm. some of these dudes got glow. But it still wasn't, like, so over the top where it was still other layers of talent. But, like, how do you tap into the audience? What's the experience? So that call to action for the Elzai listener in Detroit, what is the experience that you're curating? Because if I'm just going to the shelter, that already is going to eliminate some people that will connect there. Whereas I think the street music in Detroit I was just about has to other that. calls to action, primarily the strip club true. and even like some of these hood clubs. So, like, if I'm a peasy, I got more outlets that are already along the culture. The 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 place and space for a Detroit Shay, mm. Elzai, uh, Miss Corona, me, 
Like we have to almost create our stage and our venue Agreed. because those types of venues aren't as, you know, they're not in abundance. Hence, like places like when Five E was open, were warm for stuff like that. Mm. But I think even in the whole stint of Five E being open, I performed there twice and I got a warmer response. You know what I'm saying? But like now, as I look back, I should have been there more often. often. But that's where like it takes artists like us to pour. And fertilize so true. that type of soil. Yeah, because yeah, Sada Baby gonna be at Pathion. No, no. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Are you saying Slum Village should be there too? Yeah. What I'm saying is, if 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 Five E is my Pathion, mm-hmm. then I need to make sure that shit keeps existing. I'm with you. Because if my audience, because this was what me, my as I look back at it for the performance venue, and this may be some game for people listening. The tough thing about the shelter and a lot of these hip-hop venues is a lot of my audience was women. And the shelter is not a cool place for women. Starting off with the bathroom, the men's bathroom was fucked up. I, was <laughs> the bathroom, I can only imagine. What's the women's bathroom in the shelter? I don't use it. I never use it. I'm trying okay. to remember. So, I avoided it. I avoided so, it. So if you have a venue like that already. and I'm, I'm That's a part of, of the reason. Artist. That shelter thing is a part of the reason why another it's in the reasons why we created women in hip-hop because we it's were like women don't want to come here <laughs> yeah. that's so women funny. don't want to come here so, they want to come to a place where it feel well i love like i love the vibe mm-hmm. and it's, it's right. very intimate that's yeah what i love about the shelter yeah. but it is it's creepy yeah well, it, it is like where you don't want to take a piss like Already, if if I can't <laughs> a, if if I can't use the restroom, <laughs> it's limiting how I'm going to connect. I got to walk through the alley, yeah. Walk down some steps, yeah. Like, and that, that became, <laughs> I mean, you laughing, but I'm saying the, the yes. shelter is and became the flagship venue yeah, that already limited one whole half of the population. It's so true. Yeah. And that was my buying audience. Just think about what it was back then, not even right. with the Me Too awareness now. Oh, right. yeah, no. Like, right, no. right. So, so I mean, and, and now I'm just being more keen and looking at it from a lens and more of my experience and research sure. and mm. stuff like that in marketing. A place like 5e, I should have been all on top of because women felt comfortable there. Um, and, and things like that, like a guy like Elzai, uh, Mahogany, Black Milk. But like, did we soil that, no. or were we just kind of biting our teeth, feeling bitter? Like, why can't I get the same exposure KDZ got? But KDZ had his outlets for what he wanted to be. That's such a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, like so that really plays a big role. And Invincibles, another artist that I saw tap into a whole nother lane through the academia world. Yeah. And, and and tapping into something that was crafted and nurtured and exposed, Jared, which wasn't my music. Can you ring but, that bell? That was some game. Which part? They know it's some game. Which? Tapping in to finding an outlet and not saying to yourself like, "Oh my God, like I gotta be a part of that outlet right there," because everything is plugged into it. Go find an outlet that ain't nothing plugged into yet, or one that. Can't hold your wattage. I don't or know. create one. Yes, yeah, or, or create you one. You gotta create one. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like with what I do. If if music opens back up, and I don't know if y'all are exposed, but I need to meet her because she's like right here on Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. But like with what I do and how I perform, I need to do more stuff with Molly Wop and G Mac. Yeah, yeah, man. I need yeah. to do stuff with Mama Soul. Yeah, that lady that has this black apple orchard down the street on Woodrow Wilson. Mm. I need to connect with her. Yeah, because that's the type of shit where it's like Kari. Yeah. 
mollywop yeah in an apple orchard yeah, yeah. I'm, it, it's like it all all those dominoes yeah, are yeah. in a row yeah where it's like I can love that card my kids can be here yeah some live music it's gonna be a band and it's hip-hop yeah Fuck it, i'm there like i'm piper sees it and piper is like my audience and you're like my audience and y'all would be like, hell yeah, I'm going to get some free food. Or not no free food. I'm going to be able to pick some apples that's in the hood. Yeah. Like, I'm own this shit. This shit is fly. They put a stage over there. Like, almost to the point where, as I'm talking, we need to, like, me and G-Mac need to be talking about we need to build a stage over there at that orchard for yeah. us to perform. That's so true. Yep. Because that's the type of shit in place that fits our audience. Yeah. yeah. The same way that Crap, if, I love it. If, 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 if Cash Down. Yeah comes to town and she's performing at at truth and it just also happens to be black time black china's one night only in Detroit <laughs> if i'm into that audience i'm yeah. like oh hell yeah right this is the paramount cash Dow rap experience yeah cash down black china tripping stripping it matches yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like some of this is like it needs to like align in that place the plate finding the right place really does matter. And I do think that for so long, and that's what was so dope about what you all have done mm-hmm. with, you know, with with everything in women in hip hop, because mm-hmm. it was needed. Because yeah. a lot of those hip hop venues as a man were like, the floor is sticky. Yeah. They don't really have any drink or exactly. food yeah. options. Right. The lighting's fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. You know. And we 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 were like okay, we don't like any of that. We need this other aesthetic where women could come who love hip-hop and no one's going to grab you on your booty. The floor is not going to be sticky. You could get something nutritious to eat. You you might have some kids so your kids could come so you don't need a babysitter. You could rap and not need to get a babysitter. You know what I'm saying? So that was, that was like, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And men still came. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. Man, men will come. That's what I'm saying. You like, you plugged in. You decided, like you said, you decided where you wanted to plug into. I want to plug into these women. Yeah. You ain't worry about You ain't worry about who else was going to plug into that or, or get in those other people. They came anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And dudes come that. wherever women are. Just know that. Period. Yes, that is. <laughs> That, that's why it is. Uh, I hear another cooling. But lane. I think I Let's think close out. Here's another cooling lane classic. Yeah, right. but I do yeah. think people ladies support night. real hip hop music. Night, right? People do support real hip hop. Celebrate to ladies. <laughs> Wait, what was you? You was about to say something. You said like who, Deja? No. Uh. No, no, no. You were talking about an artist. You had named the artist. You were like like something. Nandi. I think that's what I was gonna say. Okay, oh, but Nandi's okay, okay. is a dope spot too. I yeah. think I think Shouts 90s, out to Nandi. I think because it is a bookstore. Yeah. And it's Af- it, like that has a lane as she has well. A does she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna have to does. check that out. But I still feel like I feel like Nandi's is a cultural venue. Yeah. I don't feel like it's a hip hop venue. No, but it, just the concept Underst- of creating a space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She does have performances. She does. I love. She does. I I think Thursdays. Thursdays. I don't remember. Poetry, poetry stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love what Mm -hmm. Nadi does, but like a cultural space versus a hip hop space are two totally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a cultural space, you'll walk in the '90s and music will start (laughs) when the event starts. Yeah. Think about the hip hop. You walk into Five E. You know, Mass Appeal is on. Then you hearing something Super MC working on. Then you hearing some Miss Corona. 
you know what I'm saying, Sakari up there, scratch it. Like, <laughs> it felt like a hip-hop space. And I love what Nandi has with the Knowledge Cafe. But it always feels more like a cultural space. Like, you know, it's like a slight difference. Like, almost like a rec center you know has a basketball court. But when you go to a basketball <laughs> I know what you're Space. saying. It's like, oh, they hooping in here. I know what you're saying. You but Deja, saying? I think you was talking about in the context of tapping in, right? Like, 90s tapped into a market. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a run at the YMCA. But back in the day, Joe Dumars, <laughs> it was a run for real. Because all it Friday is nights is four basketball courts and all they doing is hooping. That's the best thing the city ever did was open that Dumars up with that hooping. Oh, mm. Those are the nights. So anyway, yeah, this was a, a, a three-hour podcast. One hundred, one hundredth episode. We gotta get to. We gotta get to three hundred. Right, it's easy. It's easy. Three years. Yeah. Six years, I mean. Three. Yeah, that's gonna be a mix, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't Y'all know. We'd have, have to beef up. We'd have to do two, three times a week. <laughs> nah, but yeah, this is cool. I'm looking forward. I mean, we're at the end of um. You know, the year, we've got a couple, we got like three weeks left in this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to give y'all the quick and dirty. So, um, basically, when we're looking at the stars, I'm going to give y'all the, uh, the are y'all into Astro Deance? You You read those? What's that? I don't know. What do you, what's an Astro Deance? It's, it's, the, it's a site. It's been around for a minute, but they have a pretty comprehensive. So they're talking about. Um, what's your name? What's your sign? Kind of, but they they're saying since the conjunction of Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn, um, start started, you know, back on um, uh, January twelfth. There, this is talking about the year twenty twenty. Um, essential areas of our lives and the world uh, have become increasingly unstable. Of course. Um, the result is an increasingly chaotic field in which it is becoming more and more difficult to see how things may develop. Uh, we find ourselves in, uh, what does this say, in a liable situation in which an event that at first glance seems insignificant can have a major impact. However, shortly before uh, the end of this extraordinary year, the quality of time will change significantly um and the conjunction of saturn and jupiter it says at zero degrees aquarius on december the 21st which is next week can be seen as the beginning of a new era so there's going to be this solar eclipse in sagittarius so it says before that however a solar eclipse in the sign of sagittarius will occur on december 14th which is tomorrow which allows us to revisit some of the themes and events in the past months, uh, the sun together with Mercury forms a square with Neptune and a sesquai square with Uranus, which is in Taurus together with Lilith. Jupiter and Saturn are almost in um, conjunct in the last degrees of Capricorn, and Mars and Aries makes its last square in, to Pluto in Capricorn. At this time, Deception and trickery may be employed to try to create a fate. Uh, <laughs> it says a comply in order to block the change that many long for. Now, not only common sense is needed, but also the willingness to stand up 
with all clarity for an open and humane future. I love it. Me too. I didn't know plants was up there smoking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so silly? They are. Newport. With the squares. Right. Me too. So, yeah, Astro Dance, they do a pretty good job. Um, You know, uh, Brittany asked me to continue to bring you astrological readings and stuff. So that was Astro Dance. Um, I've got a big, huge chunk of different astrologists that I follow. Do you do readings for people? No, I don't do readings. I just follow astrologists. Why don't you do do readings? I'd have to do a bit more. I actually could do readings for people. There you go. But but uh, that's a service that Piper will provide. No, I I, I, Wait, I got enough I'm, businesses. I'm promoting, <laughs> I'm promoting this for Piper. Piper will do. She'll do five readings. Uh huh. She's gonna have to pay a hundred dollars. Right, you making her sound like Cleo. I know. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I see in your future? Exactly. <laughs> a new Mercedes Benz. Speaking of which, you know what I see in your future, they're gonna try to force you to take that vaccine. Oh God! Speaking of which, everyone's making jokes about these rappers gonna be start promoting uh, <laughs> for you to take the vaccine. They you already will. know they will. They, they had will. the rap battles but of you voting for Biden. And the reality though, with Stacey Abrams, speaking, did y'all see those rappers no. at the Trump yeah. rally? Which the ones? Crunk, the crunk rappers. I don't even know who they were. The, the crunk rappers at the trunk rappers. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they performed, right? Wait, wait. Kari, where is that song? Where is that song? Look at the coons. Look at the coons. Wait, where is that song? You, uh, do you have it? You texted to me, right? Listen, so why did Kari send me this? Uh, song, and it was so funny. But it was because he, we were talking about something, and you were like, "Oh, like that Look at the Coon song." And I was like, "I don't know about that." And you were like, "How do you yeah, not know about Look at the Coon?" Look at the Coons. This is like maybe one of my favorite YouTube videos of all time. Listen, I want to buy that. I want to. I want to buy this circuit for ten dollars just to support. Who <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. I'm gonna play a little bit. Hold on. Oh, hear that jazzy funk. Oh, God. Spare me. <laughs> Sounds like that one band Piper bought on. You got to see the visuals on that. It's hilarious. You got to see the visuals on that. 
But yeah, so we so from now on, Brittany, I won't play the whole thing. That I just played the whole thing for y'all today. <laughs> but when somebody do something silly, that song is coming out for them. <laughs> At least a good ten seconds. <laughs> At least a good ten seconds is gonna get to come out for people. <laughs> oh god. The coon tank clan. The coon tank clan. Oh my god. Hilarious. That was on Twitter, Deja, when they said the coon tank clan? Yes. You know it was. Uh, That's so twittery. Oh man. So wait, so speaking of which, Deja, do we have an artist for this week? Anybody you think anybody new that you think is cool with some new music? I feel like I thought about someone earlier, but I can't recall. So it'll be a mystery. We'll see when the episode airs. We'll see when the episode airs. It'll, mystery artist. Yeah. It'll you be got, cool. You guys And it won't be a coon. Look at the coon. Look at the coon. So wait, That'd okay, funny wait. If that was the song of the week. Jaira, <laughs> Jaira, what do you have any last words for people before we go? Um, I did. Act, okay, well, how many of you in this room, besides Kari, went into your email or phone, um, a, t- a text message like over the past couple weeks? Mm, I, I don't. I, I didn't. I mean, I. I you're gonna have to so come a little. Texts. You're gonna have to come a little harder than that. I'm just saying. What, have you came? Have you went into your email lately? I'm not clicking on that. I'm just. I'm just asking. Have you? Went I into mean, your email I, yeah. I look at my email all day and my text all day. Well, I did hack two people in this room. Um, I'm not gonna say anything yet, but <laughs> I did hack two people in the room. Dude, I already knew you did. I'm like, this has to be Jira. Well, I don't think you... It wasn't you. Well, I've been getting text messages from a weird <laughs> email. No, it's not me. That, that wasn't me. Huh? That wasn't me. Then who was it? It was Shaggy. Was it? What did, you send, did you so send a text who message? Are the, who are the people you hacked in the room? I'm not going to say how I did it because if I do, then you're going to know for next time. No, I mean, did you send a text or an email? It was an email. Oh, okay. An email? Did you, did you ask for uh, money... And uh, because you're a prince, and you know the uh, hilarious. No, I disguised. I disguised it to make it look like a regular email. That's oh. so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Most that started when I was in college. Like, just send me five hundred dollars. Hey, oh, I'm stuck in Africa. Have y'all, have y'all seen the Dateline where the guy actually, where the guy be like, I, I mean, I sent him thirty thousand dollars, and this has ruined my family. I'm yeah. like, how do you send someone thirty thousand dollars that you don't know? Man, they be getting grandmas. They be my. But how? I'm, I'm trying to understand how much money do you have? That thirty is nothing for you to just send to a stranger. You sitting on them. You sitting on them. Oh wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> So you so you got so you hacked a couple of us, huh, Jaira? Yeah, I hacked two people in the room. Um, I'm gonna leave it. I'm, for now, I'm just gonna say make sure you be careful mm-hmm. and just um, be aware of what you're doing because a lot of people will do things without thinking about it, and that's how I got these two people in the room. So you said you so didn't if it get wasn't, me. If it wasn't Brittany, then it wasn't Kari, then it was me I'm not and Deja. Gonna, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to say who you it is. You already did. You already said who it is. Because you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't warn. I mean, I hope you didn't hack Kari and then warn, and then, then warn him. Yeah, <laughs> like, listen to the last episode. You might. That, oh, man. Well, what, what about you, Deja? You got any last words for folks? Anything? No. Okay. 
What What about you? Hey. Hey. I feel like we took a shot. We what about that. you, Kari? Any <laughs> last words? Yes. Stay, Piper. We love you. Detroit yes. Different love, Piper. You have helped the brand. You are an anchor podcast today. I feel hey. Like anchor podcast. She is. She is. Hey. Piper Carter. And I need to come back more often. Yes. 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 It's fun. You get to get us hyped up. Okay. Brittany. The uh, social media queen. I am the social media queen. <laughs> Any last words Flex for up. folks? Uh, no, this was fun. I love when Kari comes on. Um, I love what I'm doing. This is fun. I'm happy for the 100th episode. And yeah, hope you guys have a good week next week. Yeah, so this is Piper Carter. Just want to let folks know, um, continue listening to the Piper Carter podcast. You know, um, check us out. Check out DetroitIsDifferent.net with all of the other podcasts, a great podcast network. We're really honored to be here in this wonderful podcast home that's centered right here in the hood. And, um, you know, the brainchild of Kari Frazier, who is actually in the studio with us. Also, you know, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram. And, you know, if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're PC.podcast. You can check us out, PC.podcast on Facebook. That's our Facebook page. But join our Facebook group, Piper Carter Podcast, and, you know, join the discussion. And now we're streaming live on YouTube, so you want to check us out on YouTube. Um, at this point, we're doing um, Piper Carter for the people, and we put it on there because we don't want to confuse y'all because we want to keep the Detroit is Different channel with their with the uh, Detroit is different podcast content that's really popping. Y'all want to check that out too. But, um, you know, uh, interface with us on YouTube. We did start doing live. We will start, you know, doing more lives and maybe we'll even go live on Facebook, you know, for next time. But, uh, yeah, this has been awesome. You know, check us out. Let us know what's going on, you know, in your world. And, you know, we want to start bringing more, uh, great content to you so um, yeah we appreciate you and we will see you next week remember to like share subscribe and always listen on Stitcher Google Play Apple Store and Spotify I'll be swinging it solo.